Leading Britain's conversation. You're listening to a podcast of The Steve Allen Show from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to have your company. Welcome along to the... It's still a bit throaty, but don't worry. It's, it's more sore because I've been coughing about three quarters of the night. It doesn't make any difference, does it? We, we'd still get through out and about. Uh, Steve, Steve tells me there's loads to, to talk about today. Is there? Actually, we managed to fill four, four pages to find some of the stories, including uh, Lorraine having a very good morning. Dyson launching this new lamp with a fan in it for a thousand quid. My God, honestly, more money than sense. Uh, Bonnie and Clyde meat cleaver raid on shop. Catherine Tilsley, I thought she was finished, but apparently she's popped up in Dubai. Still not working. Abby Clancy says Peter Crouch is bone idle at home. And um, some baffled little four-year-old says to Prince Harry, when would the rear prince be turning up? Question we all ask ourselves every day. Theresa May has said Britain has had enough. Oh, God, have we had enough. Seriously, if I hear another talk about it, I'm going to go and throw myself off a matchbox. It's as good as that. Also, the police have halted the probe on the mother who called a trans woman him. You know, I mean, it's one of those things. She Now, there was somebody a short while ago. She said that she was Catholic and she was a journalist and she was entitled to question, you know, about the uh, about transing because uh, she didn't believe it. It clashed with her religion. Uh, Emily Maitlis, named as the new presenter of Newsnight, and Gucci, 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 are flogging faded women's jeans for two grand a pair. Two grand a pair. They've got rips in and all that kind of stuff, which sort of makes them look a bit classy, I suppose. I've never quite understood why people want to buy jeans that have got rips in them. I mean, it, it's, it doesn't even look fashionable. It just looks a bit stupid. I always look at people and laugh when I see them down the street. Uh, the grieving family slapped with a fine after a funeral service overran by 14 seconds. Good. 200 quid, the fine was. 200 pounds. And the reason being that you've got another funeral that comes in after that, and another funeral, and another funeral. And if you add 14 seconds onto each of them, by the end of the day, you know, somebody could be an hour late for their funeral. They don't want to do that. Don't want to do that. Uh, patients phoning for a, a GP appointment could soon be seen by a pharmacist or a nurse. I've got I've got uh, doctor surgery today. It's lovely. Diabetic feet, always an interesting one. Um, and what was the other one? Um, oh yes, lots of lethal blades handed in. Police reckon there's millions out there. Out there. Did you get your new outfit? Says Caroline. I did. Sorted that out for tomorrow. It's only a jacket. I bought the trousers the other day. Not that I've not got loads of trousers and loads of jackets, but every time, you know, you sort of go out somewhere, you need to go out and buy something new, don't you? The M&S bunny, it's a chocolate bunny, has become a viral sensation over its suggestive pose. And um, after Mike's death from Love Island, apparently the experts are probing the dark side of the show. I wish they, because they actually, the, the newspaper said after Star Mike, it wasn't a star. Let's stop with this nonsense of calling people stars on these shows. They're not stars. They're media personalities. And that's about as good as it gets, I'm afraid. They're not going to go any further. Any further. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. We're not doing Humpty Dumpty today. We did that yesterday. OK? Let's just accept the fact that he fell off a wall. He might have been a gun in Colchester. But to be honest with you, we've moved on. We very rarely carry stuff on for two days on this programme, apart from a sore throat. Which is good. Drunken old Brooklyn Beckham's becoming a bit of a liability. What does he do for a job? Answer, nothing. Nothing. He's not a barista. He's not anything. He's certainly not a photographer, judging by the uh, photographs that we saw coming out from him. And here he is uh, on a night out in Camden with his girlfriend. And, uh, and he was spotted looking the worst for wear. 
bit like his mother when she goes out and gets a bit uh, a bit tiddly-poo. And we've seen Dave being tiddly-poo. He just looks a bit of a wreck, Brooklyn, doesn't he? Perhaps he's revelling in the fact that he thinks he's a celebrity, which, of course, he's, uh, he's not. Uh, Ian says, when all this nonsense is over, you do get the feeling that for some politicians, the strictly celebrity jungle beckons. Oh, I should imagine they're sort of trying to work out the, uh, the programmes they could put them on already. But I'll tell you one thing I've noticed... Tell you one thing, apart from a bit sore. Uh, Jacinda Ardern, the New Zealand Prime Minister, she didn't waste any time. She didn't waste any time. The gun laws are in immediately. In this country, we'd have faffed around for years. We'd have faffed around. Oh, so uh, we're actually going to stop knives and we're going to stop guns. Yeah, dream on. She's brought it in immediately, even if it costs 100 million quid. That's what she's doing. That's how good she is. Makes our lot seem like sort of the teddy bear's bloody picnic, don't they? Which is so annoying. You know, why don't they do something about it? Because they can't. Because they can't. Just takes them forever and a day. <clears throat> uh, also, three schoolgirls. Not a nice story. Put your fingers in your ears. Fingers in your ears. That's it. They've been arrested. They made a sick Snapchat of them throwing kittens in the air. You know, and they just let them hit the ground. I'll tell you what, darlings. If I found you, I'd be throwing you in the air as well. And seeing what you look like when you hit the ground. What is it with these people? What is it there? Oh, there's a new word in the Oxford Dictionary. It's called bore bag. I don't know what it means. Does it mean anything? Oh, does it? Oh, right. Oh, right. Oh, it does mean that. Why is it in the dictionary? Why don't they just leave the word testicle in there? Why would you have to have something else? Bo- I've never even heard of it before. Bore bag. I've never even heard of the expression before. So it now goes in. Oh, is it? Well, I'm not going to be weaving it into any programmes anytime soon. Why would they bother putting that in the dictionary? It's ridiculous. I've never anything so stupid. Like you called up cram egg. Yeah, you probably could, actually. I'd, I'd quite like to know why. It's called ball bag. Why can't they just call it ball bag? Does it make any more sense? Surely? No. Only guessing. Only guessing. Seems ridiculous. Is it because we're too frightened to use the word ball? Or something. Uh, we'll actually speak to them and find out. Uh, also, the dream come true for a grandmother. She's 104. She's been arrested. And you know why she's been arrested? Because she wanted to be arrested. She said to them, I've never experienced being arrested. So the police went round there, just to, you know, it's only for a joke. And they arrested her. I think they have better things to do, but never mind, it doesn't matter. So she's been arrested. She said it was very exciting. So she's now had the experience of being nicked. Come on, Granny, you're nicked. 104 years old. There's probably loads of things that you don't do when you get to 104. Can't think of any off the top of my head, but there you go. And uh, <clears throat> also, Hugh Edwards sheds pounds and women fans. They're not interested. He looks a bit emaciated. He's doing it because he apparently said a short while ago that he was a gay icon. Well, we don't know which community he's been talking to, apart from the gay community. But uh, I've never heard of Hugh Edwards being described as a gay icon. Kind of stretching it a bit, isn't it? Also married, last leg host, Alex Brooker sent messages to a beautiful personal trainer. I don't know why people do that. I really don't. I really don't. But uh, but they do. Uh, Warren says, have you got a sore throat? I think so. It's a little bit sore. I've tried everything. I bought, um, what did I get the other day? Thai rosettes, which apparently numb the back of your throat. It doesn't make any difference. It doesn't make any difference. But uh, we, what we'll have to do is see how far we get. Without the my driver must have given up this morning because I spent most of my time coughing in the back. And you know when you go coughing, you think, oh, it's tickling, it's tickling. <coughs> so you cough again. And you think, 
Yeah. And you always think, oh, just one more cough and that'll finish it. But uh, no, blow me down. The blooming thing's back again. Never mind, I'm sure it'll get better. I was going to be doing interviews today. I have a sneaking feeling we're not going to be doing interviews today. We're all right for this week, aren't we? Have we got anything for next week? Yeah. We might have to do it. We might have to reschedule. It's such a pain. I hate rescheduling things. You're going to reschedule. Good boy. Because otherwise it's sort of, you know, it's, it's, you sort of sit there feeling worse. You make yourself worse. So it's false economy. Don't sit there. I did have a coughing fit with one guest about a year ago. And I thought, well, I'm going to cough, I'm going to cough. And of course, because there's two mics on, you can't do anything about it. So even though we could pull mine down, it was picked up by the other person's microphone. But never mind. Uh, Katie Price goes out to court appearances. I think it's going to be rescheduled for June, if memory serves me. Why so far in advance, I don't know. But she says uh, to the press, you must be bored of me. Yes, they go. In fact, the whole country is bored of you. But there you go. Uh, also, police halting this probe on the mother who called a trans woman him. It's an easy thing to do, isn't it? It's, you know, but people get, they're such snowflakes nowadays. They go, oh, no, I couldn't, uh, you, you really upset me. We have somebody the other day. Uh, I've got chloroseptic, Warren, thank you. I'm holding it. Wait a minute. You can't hear it. But it's, uh, this is ultra chloroseptic. They make the slightest difference. Seriously, one of these days, somebody's going to invent something that you go, and all of a sudden the voice is going to come back. And you're going to sound dead sexy, but it's not going to happen this morning, that's a fact. Uh, Lorraine's had a very good morning. This is uh, Lorraine on the television. Oh, you're wonderful, you're gorgeous. Uh, and um, Britain's getting happier. We are getting happier. Why are we getting happier? I don't know. Uh, Dyson, as I say, doing this thing. And happy birthday to Matthew Broderick, who I love, and Adrian Childs. Well, I'm not wild about, but it doesn't matter, does it? Uh, Noel Edmonds returns to Saturday Night TV on the BBC, which I've been campaigning for for years. I think he's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And uh, Britain's favourite seaside snack to go up in price. And our favourite seaside snack is fish and chips. They, didn't, they mentioned ice cream, fish and chips and pop. I would have thought the thing that you want to get your teeth round when you go on holiday is a stick of rock. Don't you? Because it lasts forever and it doesn't cost very much money. And you can have it with your name on it as well. But uh, they never mentioned it. It's all going to go up in price. Not surprised. Fish and chips is uh, quite expensive, even around my way. Very expensive. Were the 90s, <clears throat> were the 90s, the best movies around? Well, I don't know. We'll run through some of them. Uh, plus, the high street is losing 1,200 estate agents a year. 1,200 estate agents a year. I was loving it the other day. It was one of those escape to the countries. And um, it was really good because they had this beautiful house. And they said, how much do you think it is? And they went, oh, I don't know, 700, 650. Turned out to be it was 430,000 quid. I thought, blimey, you can't get anything around my way for that. It's just absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Also, also big rise in drivers flouting the law. And that means you're using your telephone like David Beckham. Who thinks he's above the law? He isn't. He's just a silly boy with a foul mouth. We know that because after he didn't get his knighthood, my God, did he raise heaven and hell. Uh, plus, uh, ten years since Jade Goody died. I don't know why we're making a big fuss about it, but we are. So yesterday they had, I think, on loose women her bridesmaids. Well, I couldn't have picked them out in a lineup. I didn't even know she had bridesmaids, but there you go. But uh, ten years, and so Jeff Brazier is going to do a. Um, some SAS show, for what reason, I have no idea. And uh, the bridesmaids were on to say they're looking after the boys. It's been ten years. 
It's been ten years. I don't know what sort of looking after. As long as it doesn't involve Jack Tweed, we're all right, aren't we? You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to have you company. 18 minutes past four. I'm doing my best. I don't feel ill. People keep saying, oh, you sound ill. I'm, I don't sound ill. I've just got a sore throat. And unfortunately, in this business, sore throats are like bad news. Bad news. You know, you can't do anything about it. Of course, I spent most of the last night coughing away. Then this morning, strangely enough, it got better for about half an hour. And I was led down a garden path. CJ says, I know it's not very palatable, but have you tried to salt garlic? Not really, no. The amount of things I've had, I don't think any of it's particularly brilliant. And uh, somebody said, you sound like you've been knocking around with Mrs May. You sound like you've caught her bug. Well, I mean, I don't think it's infectious. But on the other hand, we don't know whether it's infectious. Because otherwise, Scottish boy would have come down with something by now. And he hasn't. Just irritability. And, um, uh, yeah. <laughs> He's the sort of person at Christmas, you go, look what I got, look. It's a box. You go, that's really exciting, isn't it? And he gets very excited about things like that, don't you? Like a child at Christmas. He sort of does it, but without, without the financial backing. Although he did point out to me earlier on, which he's never done before, he said, we get paid on Monday. I said, well, yours is under false pretenses, isn't it? So it's, well, it is. Well, why would they pay you? I, well, I have to approve the amount of money, yes. I approve the amount of money, and then I have to say, listen, I think we should keep some back for the bank of mum and dad... And then we should make sure your sister gets, you know, a little bit of money and things like that. I don't want you to waste it. Well, about £300. But it's for a month. That's for a whole month. Well, I know. I know how much your rent is. You've already told me. But then, you know, you could get a tent. You know, you don't have to waste that much money. You could get a tent for a third of that money you're paying in rent and live on the embankment. Admittedly, it's not the best place, but I could bring you down and cook breakfast every morning. You know, what we do about... Sh- oh, showers here. Got showers here. It's a pain, isn't it, really? Because the trouble is, I remember my, my parents saying to me years ago, when I was paying rent in London, and I think I was paying then 400 quid a month. £100 a week, 400 quid a month. And my parents kept saying to me, this is just ridiculous. This is just ridiculous. You're wasting your money. You're not going to end up with anything at the end of the day. You've just thrown your money down the drain. And I went, well, what do I do about it? So they gave me the deposit to buy my first flat. They gave me the deposit and they paid the legal fees. Because they did it for my brother, so they said they, they would do it for me. Uh, Spike Carana says we're all going to be throwing coloured powder and water at each other this afternoon. Listening in in uh, Jodhpur. Oh, I love that. I love it when people do that. I want to do it to the producer. But uh, not when it's anything to do with the festival. I just want to throw paint at him. You know, It's all different colours. It looks beautiful. really does. Uh, somebody says, uh, I've just clicked onto the Spike... I thought, what the heck? Poor darling, ill Steve O's voice. And then had a fit to read the 100 plus lady that wanted to be arrested. I know, 104? That's such a good story. She wanted to be arrested by the police. Most people want to do a skydive or a parachute jump or they want to sort of go on a roller coaster. No, she wanted to be arrested. She'd never been arrested in her life. No, it's just pretend. It's only pretend. God, you've got it in for people this morning, haven't you? I've never known anybody moan so much. As moaning Scottish boy. I mean, you really... I don't know why you're moaning so much. You've got the, one of the best lives of any down-and-out I've ever worked with. Seriously. You have. You've got a great life. You come in. You know, we make you smile. You know, we give you some food. Perk you up a little bit. Not too much to do, is there, really? It's not exactly you've finished the end of the programme. God, got through that another day. It's a good day, isn't it? It's a good, good life in radio. 
We keep trying to explain to people this. Because you haven't got anything else to do. What do you mean if you weren't happy, you wouldn't be here? Of course you would. Of course you would. Well, yeah, yeah, but I don't think you're like me. I don't think you're like me at all. I, I think I always say if you don't like something, don't do it and move away. But it, it becomes an easy thing to do, doesn't it? You know, take the money, you know, and, and don't worry about anything else. But I can always suss out a fraud. I could suss them out. <coughs> <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> you get paid more for doing less. Oh, right. Oh, right. Oh, like a stalker, isn't it, really? Kind of sort of stuck with it. Oh, I love working with you, Steve. Oh, look, here's me ringing on your doorbell. Whoa! Go away. Here's me outside your favourite Kentucky. Here's me waiting outside your hairdressers to watch you getting a haircut. That's called stalking. 84850. <laughs> Toddy says, whilst I appreciate this is not local BBC radio, what's your favourite type of pasta? None of them. We're not doing pasta. I hate pasta. Not remotely interested in pasta. I've never liked it. Never liked it. I've had it a few times. I've had... Is that spaghetti carbonara? I've had that because my, one of my godchildren loves spaghetti carbonara. And I had it the other day. It's very nice, but very dull. Very dull. So I'm afraid pasta, not for me. Not for me. If I was going out, it would be a steak. It would be a fillet steak. It would be a green peppercorn sauce and chips. And that would make... Because then you could dip your chips in the peppercorn sauce. Or... There's a couple of um, trendy pubs that we go to down in Essex, and I'll have fish and chips. Although I didn't have fish and chips this time round. What did I have? It was very nice, whatever it was. And I always like to squeeze in a pudding. Always like to squeeze in a pudding. I'm trying to master at the moment my um, my blood sugar machine, and it's not like anything I've ever had before. It's a, it's smaller. It's literally small. And secondly, you've got to put the little strip in to put the blood on. Whereas all the ones I've had have got cartridges that you put in, and then it. You push a button and it, it sort of sends it out. So I'm going to have to master this one. God knows how. Got to do it. Uh, Steve, how about fish and chip flavoured rock, says Nick. Oh, oh, oh. Why do people want to... Ch- Let's, rock is sugar. It's pink. That's it. He sent us a picture of a real, a real what? Has he? Oh, don't. Deleted. It's a bit embarrassing. We don't know. We don't want fish and chip flavoured rock. That's like crisps, isn't it? Hedgehog flavoured crisps. And you go... Why would you want? Have, have, I wouldn't even know what hedgehog tasted like. I know a lot of people, um, a lot of people eat hedgehog around the world. Not me, thank you. Uh, Dorothy in Wales, I'm going to buy shares in Creme Eggs. All the ads you're doing for them will increase sales. Listen, you can't actually get any more successful than Creme Eggs. Uh, Rob uh, in Clacton says your throat went after the water you drank on air went down the wrong way on Tuesday morning. Ah. Uh. It's it's so annoying. I can't begin to tell you. It, it, listen, if it's annoying for me, it must be even more annoying for you lot. Because you go, what on earth's the matter with his throat? And you go, well, it's just gone a bit pear-shaped. I do apologise. I'm so sorry. And uh, Mike says, gargle with neat whiskey, then swallow. It has a numbing effect on the throat. Do it enough times and it numbs just about everything else too. Lovely. That's what I don't need. That's what I don't need. Uh, Steve, if they think fish and chips is a snack, it's no wonder half the country's obese, says Chris in Ottershaw. I do like fish and chips. I do like sausage in batter. Uh, Gary says, my mother used to give me a little butter and sugar mixed together when I was a kid for a sore throat. Mm. I don't think I could do that. I mean, apart from that butter and sugar, not mixing. Somebody says, how's Scottish boy? Well, he appears to be upright at the moment, whether or not... 
Oh, God, you're so irritating. It really is, honestly. If ever you want to work with somebody who's... Re- I mean, please, take him off my hands. Take him off my hands. You, you can have him for free. Seriously. It's, you, you sit there and you go, da-da, and you think, I'm really getting to the end of my tether. But, you know, I like to humour him because, you know, we're sort of showing him the other side of life, you know, like Marks and Spencers and Waitrose and stuff like that. And uh, and I'm going to get him an egg for Christmas. No, sorry, not for Christmas, for um, for um, Easter egg day, whenever that is. So I've already seen it. I've already seen the egg and I'm going to get you that for, uh, for so you'll be re-gifting it. But I've written, is it what? Is it lint? Really? Well, you, you might want to re-gift this one. It's very expensive. But it's, it's nice. I've already seen it. It's lovely. It's very, very nice. I'm not sure if it's lint or not. Might not. not. Could be Souchard. Could be Souchard. Ooh, way out your price range. But uh, but great to have, isn't it? That your entire wage gone. I know. That's what somebody said to me. They said, you know, when, when I earned 20 quid a week years and years ago, they said, oh, what's it like? I said, well, if I earned 50 quid a week, I can live really, really well. But you don't. So I went from earning 20 quid a week to 50 quid a week and then to 100 pounds a week. And all you do is you just increase the value of the goods that you're buying. So there's a thing the other day, they had a picture of David Beckham. And he was, uh, he was out and they said, some of the candles in this shop cost £200. I thought, have you been to Joe Malone or Joe Loves? Oh my God, honestly. That's, I, mean, I shouldn't imagine Davy Boy Beckham has got the faintest idea. It's a candle, dear. What do you do with it? You light it. Okay, you light it. Looks a bit like Victoria. It's uh, interesting. Tea with ginger works wonders, says Sunil. Probably does, actually. But unfortunately, unfortunately, I don't. I don't have any ginger. My friend Paul Cooper's got a shop full of Chinese ginger, which is lovely. Carl says, I look after my mother, who has dementia. She doesn't sleep much. But uh, but uh, not to sound too cringeworthy, listening to your show is one of the few times I hear her laugh. So there you go. That's what it's all about, isn't it? People always say to me, you know, you made me laugh. I listened to you the other morning and you made me laugh. The trouble is, I don't feel like laughing when my throat sounds like this because I know how rubbish it. I know how rubbish it sounds in the studio. By the time it's gone through the compressors and everything else and come out the other end, I must sound ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Got a new sugar meter, Steve. Sends all my results to my phone. That's the one I've got. That's the one I've got. Got little packs. I've got to get new needles for it and new little strips and everything else. I think I should be able to master it. I do hope so. Uh, 84850, steve at So we'll talk about the, uh, the lottery winning. He's been married twice before. They don't want any of his money. Yeah, right. Uh, £71 million, and he's single. He said, I'm going to spend my fortune on wine and women and waste the rest. That's an old line, isn't it? I think from somebody like Georgie Best, who decided he was just going to drink himself into oblivion. And and he did. He was probably quite happy in his own little world. But uh, £71 million, that's good, isn't it? That's very nice. And I've not checked mine yet, because I got two winning cards the other day. It said, please check, because you've got two. Wouldn't it be lovely if it said, you know, something interesting? Like ten million pounds. Daryl says Tesco's are doing a large cream Easter egg with a mug for two. <laughs> Sorry, <coughs> so funny because I remember them when you were a kid. It's a mug, like a like a tea mug, with a an Easter egg shoved in the top of it and then covered in like sort of plastic. And that was supposed to be a. And you look at it, you go, oh, if I eat the egg, then I can use the mug for a cup of tea. They were very popular, but my all-time favourite, sugar eggs. So it looked like an egg, but it would last for weeks, months, because you'd suck it, and all it was was solid sugar. You couldn't bite it, you'd take your teeth out. 
But it was fantastic. So, two pounds sounds very good, Daryl. Thank you. Very good. CJ says, when I go out, I like lamb shank in a rich red currant sauce, mashed potatoes, and a real good variety of fresh veggies. Well, that's lovely, actually. But uh, I can't eat lamb. I wish I could. It makes me very, very ill. If Scottish boy looking at you through the glass saying, Steve, if the voice gets worse, I'll take over. No problem, says Kevin. Oh, I don't think we could ever let him do that. No, not. I mean, don't think that I'm not aware of people sort of coming up behind me going, I could do that. I could do that job. If he could do that job, I can do it. Because they all think it's very easy. And probably it would be for about ten minutes with him. And then you'd be so bored. You'd be so bored because he's, his mind is in the same mindset all the time. It's like Tuesday, quiet practice. Wednesday, quiet practice. Wednesday, fish and chips. Thursday, McDonald's. Friday, quiet practice. That's all his life is. He can't sing. He just goes to quiet practice. You can't sing. You can't. I've heard you. You're flatter than I am. You are so. You are so. You just can't accept. <laughs> You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to have you company. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. 26 minutes to five. Have you noticed that when you get the little break, when it comes back, the voice is fine for about a minute and a half, then it starts descending, which is terrible. Uh, Sally says, take your new blood sugar meter to the doctors later with the nurse, show you how to use it. Well, I know I've had hundreds well, actually, that's a gross exaggeration. Gross exaggeration. I probably had... How many of these blood sugar meters have I had? Ten? Ten. And, of course, each one comes with a different thing. You know, it's a different cartridge that goes inside, or some of them are barrels. Because before, you just push the button and out came one of these strips. Well, on this latest one, you have to put the strips in yourself, which is all right. Which is all right. You know, I have to wait and see. But, of course, because I've got the uh, the feet this afternoon, that's where the, the, uh, the nurse... Is going to be touching my feet with a, like a, a plastic needle thing. And that's when, you know, she goes, can you feel that? Of course, if you can't feel it, that means that you haven't got any circulation to the bottom of your feet. Which is not brilliant, is it, really? Doesn't matter. But uh, Sally says, hope you get better soon. Thank you. Dorman Dom says, I'm spiking as usual. Fantastic. A lot of you worrying me about, you know, whether or not Scottish boys looking forward to, I can do it, I can do it. Oh, what would he talk about? You know, with the time you've done home life in Aberdeen, getting water from the well and uh, and doing a few things for Hogmanay and stuff like that. You could tell us about the times you saw Nessie. You could. You could. Then I could tell you about the times he's lied about telling us he saw Nessie. So I could probably feel more about it. It's quite an art to doing this. I always, I'm always intrigued when people say, I could do that. I could do that. I say, go on, try it. Try it. Just see how long you go. Probably, probably the whole programme, I should imagine. But could they do it day in, day out? Uh, CJ says, get the throat sword, you make me laugh every show. Well, actually, um, <coughs> sorry, uh, so I've just read another one. Somebody says, is Scottish boy a looker? Do you remember Quasimodo? You remember Quasimodo? The bells, the, he's a bit like that. He's a bit like that. He's sort of, um, no, I mean, there's no point in telling him he's good looking. It's bad enough with him telling us he thinks he's good looking. That's what you have to deal with round here. He tells, you know, even before I get my six penneth in, he goes, because I'm good looking, and that kind of stuff. I mean, he must spend most of his time looking in a small hand mirror, you know, to sort of, you know, go, mm, not bad looking at all. Although I've seen pictures that he takes dreadful pictures, dreadful pictures, you know, because he has, uh, you know, things that don't go well. Uh, little Julie says, I'm not a big fan of pasta either. Fish and chips, steak or a nice pie. Oh, I love a pie. Oh, I love a pie. Oh, yes. Oh, I love a pie. I could eat one now, actually. But you can't. When you're doing a programme like this one, as somebody said to me the other day, 
They said, how are you? I said, well, suffering a little bit with the throat. They said, because it's not like doing a music-based programme where you get um, a sort of a rest every, every so many minutes. You could possibly pre-programme and just go, you're listening to Steve Allen. And then you just leave that to run. And, and it goes through that way, but uh, but not really. Steve, I'm only in Tottenham Court Road. I'll pop in and give you a 30-minute break to refresh the voice. Thank you. Thank you. Very nice. Somebody says you're spending far too much money on those snake oil sore throat remedies. Here's a guaranteed one, says Neil. Stop talking. Oh, I agree. I agree with you. Stop, stopping talking would be the one. Would be the one. So Kevin says, it'll be because I can give you a 30-minute break, it'll be the gold top half hour. How lovely. Although somebody said to me, if you've got a sore throat, then don't don't drink milk. Well, I'm telling you, I like it. It's, it, sort of, it sort of soothes it down a little bit. And if it soothes it down a little bit, it makes me feel a little bit uh, better. So we shall um, find out why we're getting happier, which is good news. And um, what was the other one? Oh, yeah, the, uh, the family. Given a fine because the funeral overran by 14 seconds. They're very keen to get you through in funerals, aren't they? I think when we did ours, 20 minutes, I think. 20 minutes, and they literally go, da-da-da-da-da. Down goes the coffin, bits of cremation, and then everybody outside. And as fast as one lot are going out, there's another lot coming in the front door. It's a conveyor belt, an absolute conveyor belt. But uh, even so, uh, Warren says, make sure that you uh, lubricate. Yes, I mean, it's, it's sort of going, it's going fits and starts, isn't it? So we come back after a break, and it sounds fine. And then, um, and then within about two minutes, we're back where we started again. But don't worry, because we've, we've made a decision. We're going to cancel the in-conversations today. And that gives me today and tomorrow to, uh, to get myself better for Sunday. But I will still be here on... Uh, on who are we doing for in-conversation this week? It's, we have this week... Oh, it's a triple header. Oh, of course it is. Jason Isaac and Kingsley Benadir and... And Rafe Fines as well. <laughs> Cracking programme. Recorded, of course, when my voice was was 100%. I think it was 100%. Although Jason Isaacs was very naughty. Very naughty because he was testing me to see if I'd seen his uh, programme, which I hadn't. He said, I'm looking at you, he said, to see. He said, if, if you can betray yourself. He said, as if she, have you, you know, have you seen the programme? I said, no, I always tell people. I said, I don't have Netflix. So I didn't, uh, so I had to be quiet. And he went, oh, right, clever. I thought, no, he was actually cleverer, much cleverer. Uh, so the high street are losing 1,200 estate agents every year. I didn't know we had 1,200 estate agents. We've actually had a few. We just lost one a short while ago. And um, we lost Carpet Right. We've lost quite a few shops, actually. And then sort of somebody moves in. Even one that I thought was doing really well. Oh, there was, I noticed the other day, another hairdresser's gone under. And what's just opened? Another hairdresser. What is it about hairdressers? because they're sort of relatively inexpensive to set up, just mirrors, some twinkly lights and a couple of trendy-looking people. But there was one where they used to give you whiskey uh, to go with the haircut, which seemed quite a nice idea. And the blokes used to wear flat caps, so they all looked a bit like Brooklyn Beckham, which kind of got your heart, you know, going in the wrong direction. And uh, I noticed the other day it's closed. You know, there is not enough business in town. And if you're charging, you know, 15 quid for a haircut for a bloke, too much money. Round our way, you can get them for... 10 quid, sometimes less. Go to Hounslow, you probably get it for about three quid. Which is uh, about, about the right price, isn't it, really, for getting your, uh, your haircut. Right, right, right. OK, let's, uh, let's delve into the, uh, to the papers. Where do we go? Oh, let's go to the Daily Mirror. Here he is. This is Aid Goodchild announcing his win. 
he's carrying a bit of weight. I don't want to be rude, but um, he's carrying a bit of weight. This is not good. The one thing he needs to do is lose the weight. He says he won't fall for gold diggers. Okay, let's wait and see, shall we? He's 58. He's Britain's most eligible bachelor. He says, I'm not saying it won't change me. It bloody well will. And I'll give it a damn good go. 71 million quid. He's uh, 58. He can do very well on that. He can do very well. He can have a very, very nice time, which is great. Uh, also, a boy of six was left with uh, with brain damage and a paralysed face um, after an arcade darts game fell on him. Now, in most places, kids of that age are not allowed in. Over here, you've got to be a certain age. This was in Lorette de Mar in Spain during a family holiday. His parents feared he would die, but surgeons saved his life. Only six. Only six. Should be a total ban, you know, on people like that going to amusement arcades. Still to come. <clears throat> Are you sure they were the 90s best movies? Fans fave provoke riposte from our critics. So we'll have a look at those a little bit later on. And here he is, the sick American who shot a lion in the back while it slept. I mean, this is uh, Guy Gournay. His sick profile snap on Facebook shows him posing with the dead big cat in uh, Zimbabwe. Footage shows the lion writhing in agony after the 64-year-old's first shot hits his back. The pain ends after he kills it with his third shot. And then he poses with it. What for, mate? I don't want to be rude to you, but prats like you deserve to be taken out of the equation. He's, uh, he's killed 70 animals, he claims. That was back in 2015. He says, I love zebra, so shooting a lion probably saves 70 a year. There's balance in nature. Are you that thick? Probably are, actually. Probably are. Don't know where he comes from. Uh, somebody said here, big man, isn't it? Coming up behind a lion and shooting it in the back. You know, it's, uh, somebody says that Mr Gournay is a very nice lion. What's the point of it? You kill a lion. Well, big deal for you, Mr Gournay. He's a father of four from Manhattan, Illinois. He was vice president of an electricity firm and has travelled the world shooting animals. Monkeys, crocodiles, hippos, elephants, antelope, bears. And he's got a trophy room stuffed with, uh, with animals and skins. What a disgusting person. What a disgusting person. And straight to hell you are. Really, it's dreadful. Uh, Steve, off to Worthing tomorrow, says little Julie. Uh, to see the vampires rock the ghost train. A classic rock show. My Dave has seen it three times. So this is my first. We're going for Fish and Chips and Harry Ramsden. Good for you. Good for you. And, uh, and Donnie says, do you hear about the Italian chef who died aged 100? He passed it away. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to have you company. Thursday, 21st of March. Good day. Good day. Do you know that half of you, Brits would be too afraid to travel in driverless cars. I wouldn't. I wouldn't get in a driverless car. Not for any love or money. More than 75% of you think a qualified driver should be in a moving car, whilst only 9% would let an unaccompanied child go in them. They were stopping people the other day. It was a, a police sort of programme where uh, Dom Littlewood sort of pops up like sort of somebody out of a pantomime and goes, so do you not feel guilty about sort of driving without a seatbelt and all this kind of stuff? And so, of course, confronted by a TV camera, it's a little bit difficult, isn't it, really? They kind of go, yeah, I wouldn't let my kids travel in a car without a seatbelt on. <laughs> Must be quite irritating having Dom Littlewood turning up at your car car window. Little Dave 
says, I'm going to make sure my children book up two slots for the funeral. No way they're rushing me in and out. Uh, no, they, they, they'll rush you in and out. They'll rush you in and out. There's a limit to what you could say about somebody, even for me. You know, you could, you could get my life over and done with in 20 minutes. So you go in and then you sort of wait and then they go down for the prayers and that's when the vicar pushes the button. They know exactly how these things are timed. They, that's what they do for a living. It's like, I know this programme starts at four and finishes at seven. And I guarantee it this morning, it will finish exactly at seven. It starts exactly at four. Why? Because I'm a professional. I know what I'm doing. You know, I never overrun. I never underrun. I can only go for the, uh, for the right things. About jeans, says Mike from the Wirral. He's a spiker. Levi Strauss had a campaign. They'd give you £10 trade-in on one new pair. The holier the better and rips. They would bleach, wash them, sew colourful patches and gingham fabric in the holes and rips and resell them for 200 quid. Yes. Do you remember years... You probably won't remember this. You have to be a certain age. When you bought a pair of jeans, they, they never fitted you properly. So what you would do is you would sort of put them on and then you'd sit in the bath. And you'd sit in the bath for, you know, as long as it took, probably a couple of, uh, couple of hours. And what would happen is the jeans would shrink... To fit your body. So when you put them on, people like their jeans a bit. You know, nowadays, your, your back of your jeans are way down your bum, isn't it? Well, not for me. I mean, I don't think so, things like that. But uh, that's, that's how it used to work. You'd sit in the bath or you'd jump in the river. And that would be the way that you would shrink the jeans to fit you. Quite clever, isn't it? Quite clever. Uh, another one here. Apparently gargling with warm water containing a crushed aspirin. Helps to numb a sore throat. Alternatively, listening to BBC Radio has a completely numbing effect. I know. Especially BBC Radio Shropshire. They have to go, don't they? There's no point in keeping them. The audience is so tiddly. Donnie says, Cheerios or Weetabix? Neither. OK, thank you. No more cereals. No more cereals. And here she is. She's uh, a fraudster uh, who banked more than £100,000 by blackmailing married men in an internet sex racket. Shannon Lee contacted victims through the controversial Sugar Daddy dating website called Seeking Arrangement, uh, using pictures of women lifted from the internet, because you couldn't use one of her, because seriously, the word plain doesn't come into it. And then she went to this Las Vegas-based site, lured people in. It's called catfishing. Have you ever heard of it before? In other words, you're talking to somebody on the internet, and you think that you're talking to, I don't know, Scottish boy, and it turns out somebody has, has catfished you which means that you're not really talking to him at all. You're talking to somebody else, but, you know, but he, he's convinced you that it's him. Jobless Lee from Netley. She looks a bit jobless, doesn't she? Pressured one victim into paying up by telling him, tick-tock, time is also up. They found all sorts of money. 40,000 quid from one man. She was arrested after a foreign student reported the scam. She's gone to prison for 32 months. She looks like she'd quite enjoy it in there. But uh, that's the trouble with these, uh, these crooks. <coughs> also, over 70s stars still looking toned like uh, Prince Charles. Robert De Niro is 75. Leslie Joseph is 73. Susan Sarandon, 72. Joan Collins is 85. Seriously, I don't know what she's taking, but I want some of it. Dolly Parton is 73. Uh, Goldie Horn, 73. Cher, 72. Rod Stewart, 74. Uh, David Lloyd, former cricketer, not my friend. Uh, is uh, 72, and Sir Mick Jagger is 75, Helen Mirren, 73. Amazing, isn't it, really? People are living, you know, much, much, uh, much, much longer now. 
And so that's good news, isn't it? Not, of course, if you've got a sore blooming throat. Uh, little Julie says these people who shoot lions need to be strung up. Breaks my heart. I mean, especially in the back. The thing was sleeping. The thing was sleeping. You know, and you, f- you feel like saying, you're just some sort of pervert, aren't you? And of course he is. He is. Uh, Neil says, the lion killer, I'm sure he's just written his own death sentence. Animal activists will be having a field day. Well, they did it last time, didn't they? They picketed that dentist who went over and also is another one of these Americans who likes going and shooting wild game. But uh, it's not nice. Alexander says, trust me, riding in a driverless car is by far the scariest thing that I've ever, ever refused to do. I wouldn't do it, actually. Uh, Niall says, can driverless cars detect and avoid large potholes? Well, that I couldn't, uh, I couldn't help you on. I don't know. Jonathan says, can I pay for you to talk at my funeral? Yeah. Absolutely, yes. I did that before for somebody, actually. All you have to do is talk about, sort of, you know, Bentleys and London. I've got more in common with you than any of my relatives. Well, there you go. I can always... I, I, I do quite good eulogy. I'm very good. I'm doing a wedding speech in December for my brother. I say a speech. I'm doing it at the service. Other people are doing it at the, uh, at the dinner. And uh, I don't know what mine is. Uh, Neil says, go on, Steve. Save your suffering voice. Give Scottish Boy a ten-minute uh, debut. Look at him, he's smiling. He's like, he's doing all this. Oh, I couldn't possibly do that, Steve. Could I? Could I? Could I really? Oh, I, I could perhaps cover for you when you're not there. Hello, Scottish boy here. Hello, everybody. <laughs> we could have a recipe a day or something like that. Brilliant idea. Brilliant idea. But unfortunately, no, Neil, it, it's not going to be happening. He's not allowed to. He's not in the right union. The union of professional presenters. <laughs> Poor soul, honestly. I'm sure he'd love to do it. He'd love to do it. He'd, he'd be sort of, you know, going, oh, I couldn't do this, Steve. You watch, the moment the light comes on, he'd be there. Chat away, chat away. Because he he's learnt. He's sort of watched me doing it, and he sort of picked up a few hints. Like, you know, just talk about yourself, which always works. Uh, Steve, nice to hear you, even croakily. Ah, I just missed seven minutes of your show as there was a nerve-wracking noise coming from the hallway. I had to get up a ladder to turn off the electricity. And and then I had a tan- hand torch and snipped through every wire in the old doorbell, which must have been installed in the 60s when the bungalow was built. No batteries, just wires. Wow. I've never heard of that, Hevs. Never heard of that. But uh, always in favour of it. So here is a robber. Uh, this is Ashley Turner Platt. And what a Platt she is. Screaming at a store owner, holding a meat cleaver, give me the effing money. When the husband and wife shopkeepers refused, Turner Platt pushed the man on the counter and held the weapon to his face. His wife then handed over the money. The robber and her accomplice, Ashley Turner, fled the spa saw with 210 quid. Anyway, they've been, uh, been caught. Very, very distressing. A piece of filth, both of them. Roberts, Turner Platt and Turner. Uh, apparently she'd been drinking and says it was her partner. Yeah, it's always the excuse, isn't it? You look how vile these people are. But anyway... Uh, this was in... I mean, they had 46 previous offences between them. So, pond life and scum. Mum of three, Turner Platt. People like this shouldn't be allowed to bring children into the world, should they? Was jailed for five years. Turner had been serving a suspended sentence for assault. Got six years and ten months. That was like everybody was talking the other day about how you would feel about a woman who mowed down your child and then got off because the judge says you've got to look after your children. You know, the law in this country is an ass, ladies and gentlemen. A complete ass. When you go over... You know, and you look at uh, what they were doing in New Zealand the other day. They've, they've reworked their gun laws. You know, if it costs them 100 million, that's what they're going to do. 
to make sure that everybody's, you know, safe, because that's what it's supposed to be. But uh, over here, as I said, they'd be faffy. They can't even sort out Brexit. What's the point? I'm terribly sorry we've got people with guns. Have we really? Good Lord. And knives. Have we really? Yeah. Do you not remember the policeman who was stabbed to death? You know, actually inside the Palace of Westminster. I know. Dreadful, wasn't it? Yeah. What have you done about it since then? Let me tell you. Absolutely bugger all, ladies and gentlemen. Nothing. Nothing. It's no good talking about it. The mayor comes on and gives a soundbite. Yes, we must definitely stop all these knives. What have they done? Nothing. Nothing. I noticed the other day I went up, I came down the Mall for some reason. Anyway, and they used to have things there to stop cars crashing into the Mall, And they were sort of metal. Well, they've gone. They've gone. That, that was when you went into it as if you were walking down the Mall. You had to go through like a, a metal sort of, sort of affair made up of blocks or something like that. Ridiculous. Uh, Nick in Greece says, Is Scottish boy handsome, eligible and single, looking for a husband and happy to do his washing? He says no, no, and no. I think you have to take that as a no. I, take that as a, I think there are actually other people in the queue before you, Nick. That's it, you know. And also, he's very needy. OK, he's a very needy, but you couldn't... You, you wouldn't better handle him. Seriously, I mean, I, I've got it off to a... I've got it off to a fine art. You know, but uh, he's, he's very, very difficult. You know, we, he keeps sort of going back to... Oh, you know, when I was with my parents the other week and we were talking about this, and I'm like, I care... Seriously, I've switched off. Uh, your Scottish boy impression sounds like Mrs Doubtfire, says little Julie. You know I like doing Mrs Doubtfire. You really don't fear here. He doesn't talk like that, though, does he, actually? I mean, he's, he's actually... He's reasonably butch. Which... <laughs> Not really, actually, are you? I don't know why I, don't know why I bothered saying it. <coughs> Convincing myself. And uh, healing hugs from the spikers of Pratt's bottom. Thank you. It's so annoying. I, I do apologise. I'm, I'm sort of... I've spent my life apologising for being ill. But actually, this year has been the best year ever. I managed to get through the whole of Christmas and November when it was freezing cold and all the rest of it. And, and, and I wasn't ill. I didn't get the cough. What do I do? Get it in bloody March. Can't do anything about it, can you? One of those things. I'm not going to blame anybody. You. Listen, I probably just picked up an infection from wherever you pick infections up from. Uh, right, we're coming up to the news at five o'clock. We'll still talk about the M&S chocolate bunny. who's become a viral sensation because he's shaped like a rabbit in the downward dog position. I've no idea why, actually. I've no idea why. M&S tweeted, suggestive it's merely a bunny in the downwards facing dog yoga position. We're not buying that one, are we? I should go and get one, actually, today. And uh, who's our model today? It's uh, Lorena Ray. She's German and uh, she created ripples of excitement for that read. It's another one willing to get their kit off. And she was at last year's Victoria's Secret Fashion Show. She's apparently got one and a half million followers. For that read, she's got a lot of dirty people who just want to leer over her. But uh, she briefly dated Leonardo DiCaprio. But I mean, come on, everybody's briefly dated Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, still to come, I'll uh, tell you, if you're in show business, that the, um, that the lovely Lorraine Kelly, even though she's on television advertising a company that she must know all about because they're paying her, but she appears not to know about them, she's just won uh, on a tax bill. Taxman wanted 900,000 quid. And she said, no, I'm an artist. I'm acting. I'm acting. Isn't that clever? I'm acting on this programme. I don't really have a sore throat. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. So what we do, we take a short break uh, for the news 
Uh, also, the vicar's plea to stop his church bells chiming all night. Uh, happy birthday, as I say, Matthew Broderick. Also, Catherine Tilsley. She used to be in Coronation Street. Nothing at the moment, nothing at all. Uh, also, uh, Gucci flogging those women's jeans. Noel Edmonds returns to Saturday Night Television. And John Chalice says, give Del Boy a statue. And I agree with that 100%. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. Thursday, 21st of March, which is good news because after this weekend, and apparently the weather's getting better. Apologies uh, already for the throat if you've just tuned in. We had it yesterday and it goes through. If you leave it for a little while, I can go about two minutes and then it seems to level itself off and then it sort of deteriorates again. So uh, we're sort of changing things around, which is good. A Del Boy statue would be a mistake. People would think it's Nigel Farage, says Paul. Yeah. Uh, Fisherman's Friends. Do you know, I didn't, that's the only thing I didn't buy yesterday. I've got the chloroseptic and I've got these, these things here called tyrosettes. But to be honest with you, they're just all blooming useless. You know, that's why it's a huge industry, isn't it, to try and stop people's throat getting sore. You just want, you want a miracle. You want that miracle where you take a spray and you go, and all of a sudden your voice comes back. That's what you want. That's what you want. Truckadel says, uh, no offence to Darren or Nick, but if it's a choice between them banging on about the B word or you and your poorly throat, all us spikers choose you any day. Well, flattered by that. Thank you very much indeed. It's only because I don't do Brexit. It's only because I don't do Brexit. If we started doing... Although my boss is totally convinced that I can do I can do Brexit. Jim says these double-barrelled surnames come in all forms of life, don't they? Yes, they do. Yes, yes. I mean, I never believe, unless it's, you know, Whittington, Partington, Smythe, or something that sounds as though it's posh, you know, if it's just sort of, you know, Victoria, Treasure Lips you know, Derby or whatever, you know, anything like that. You just know it's chav. Uh, Paul in Grays Lake in Illinois says, uh, big game hunting has been done by the British for over 150 years. Some of the best big game guns ever built were from British manufacturer. Tiger hunting from the back of elephants were a British speciality. We Americans weren't the only ones to do it. I know, but we, we've kind of grown up from that one a bit, Paul. We've kind of grown up from that. We don't do that. There might be a few people in this country that do go out to South Africa or Zimbabwe and places like that and do that kind of thing. But it's the satisfaction that people seem to get. Whereas we sort of go, oh, yes, but I know that we did it. I know we did it. You know, and Purdy's are the, the best guns in the world and you pay a fortune to have your Purdy made to your specifications. It can cost you, you know, upwards of 200,000 quid for a Purdy. And, uh, and people got to do it. But I thought that we'd, we'd grown up a little bit. You know, you've, you've still got a bloke here who goes over there and shoots a lion in the back which must have caused immense pain, and then he does another two shots into it to kill it. And you think, I wish it had turned around and just swiped you. I seriously do. You know, there's no need for it. We don't need to do things like that. And all he wants to do is take it back. It'll be stuffed, probably over there, where he, where he got it from, I should imagine. And they will then send it back, and uh, it'll go in his trophy room. Well, I tell you what, I'd like somebody to ring your doorbell and then blast you with a 12-bore shotgun. You know, and then you can go in their trophy room. That would, that would be the thing, wouldn't it? It's, it's just so unfair. Give them, give them a fighting chance, for God's sake. Give them a fighting chance. It's like, you know, hunting in this country. We have drag hunting now. I think that's where the people on the horseback dress up in women's clothing, but I'm not totally convinced. And they sort of go there and they go, oh, right, so we're all going to go out and chase the fox. So somebody's been out and they found where the fox is. And then what they're doing is they then sort of try and... Uh, Sort of flush it out. <coughs> and it, it's not very pleasant. It really isn't. Because when eventually the foxhounds get 
hold of the fox, they just rip it apart. And don't tell me it doesn't still go on, because it blooming well does. And I always said, wouldn't it be great if you equipped the foxes with 12-bore shotguns? You know, the moment anybody comes anywhere near them, boom, get rid of them that way. I don't, just don't understand. It's like these three schoolgirls in the papers today, arrested after making a sick Snapchat of them throwing kittens in the air and just letting them hit the ground. And these, these schoolchildren are young. I think the oldest is 13. And I can't get my head around that. I don't know why you'd ever want to do that. Unless you're really a sick... If they're that sick at 13, you can imagine what they're going to be like if they, eventually they hit adulthood. Which, please God, they don't. Uh, also, uh, the cystic fibrosis scandal. The new fight for the wonder drug deal. And it's been 10 years since Jade Goody died. I don't know why we're doing this. It's so that Jackie, her mother... Um, can sort of go on television programmes and talk about Jade Goody, who, if you remember, you know, was an out-and-out racist when you saw her on uh, on Big Brother, that Shilpachetti thing. Still makes me cringe now to watch it, but she wasn't the only one. And uh, and then, then she dies, and then people go, right, I'm not going to get myself checked, and then that went by the board. People sort of forget very quickly, don't they? It's at the moment you can't open up the papers without reading about Muggy Mike. Uh you know, who sort of took his own life because it was all going a bit pear-shaped. So they've shown you the dark side of, uh, of these reality shows. The dark side is that these people are so stupid that they believe the publicity. You really mustn't. I've often said to, you know, when people say, oh, you're a star, and you look at half these sort of dragons that they put on TOWIE or the Made in Chelsea or the Geordie Shore or, God forbid, anything else, and, uh, and you think to yourself, you're not a star. You're not a star, you know. People, the, the only reason the press are taking your pictures because it kind of fills up pages. But you're not a star, you're not a celebrity. Steve, I always thought that Del Boy's Nelson Mandela House was originally based in Bristol, not Acton. Yes, it is. It's in, that's the one that they used for filming. Uh, also, I'm buying Creed. Any recommendations where to get the authentic one, says Darley? A shop, I would think so, you know. We have shops in this country. You can go in, you can go in the front door. You've just got to have the money to pay for it, which is okay. Uh, Pond Life is a very common double-barrelled name, says Holly. I agree. Somebody says, to rest your voice just for today, do a phone-in on parking fines. Sit back and let people waffle on, says Craig. We don't do phone-ins. We haven't done phone-ins on this programme for the best part of 13, 14 years. I have done phone-ins. I have done phone-ins, but, uh, but not, uh, not very often. Not very often. It's only because once you get, you know, a sort of, um, a, sort of a, a rhythm going on the programme... I don't want somebody coming on and sort of and holding up the procedure. Because otherwise then you sort of have to go along with somebody if they're a bit slower. And uh, we don't have enough time on the programme. There's not enough time now, is there, really? Donnie says, did I hear a rumour Nigel Farage is making his own brand of aftershave? Eau de Farage. Yes. Well, actually, it wouldn't surprise me. Listen, if, if, what did they have the other day? They had somebody on the television who's had all these... It's like Davy Boy Beckham. I mean, why you want to smell like David Beckham? I can't imagine. I bet he doesn't even wear his own stuff. You know, they they sort of launch it. I think, um, what was the one that Katie Price said? It smelled of oranges. Who in God's name wants the smell of oranges? And so she goes, oh, it's my favourite smell. I thought, it was it because you're promoting it. Promoting it. And that's uh, that's why. You mustn't buy into these people. They don't know anything. It's like buying all their, their clothes. You don't think they've actually designed anything, do you? Please, God, tell me not. Speaking of double-barrelled names, Steve, in my line of work, I noticed a lot of female double-barrelled their first name. For example, Rosie May. Or Amy May, but May spelt M-A-I. Yeah. And they get very funny if you don't do it. Then here we have, it, it's Rosie. It's Rosie May. Sorry, dear, is that your middle name or what? Ro- I'm Rosie May. All right, what, what do you do? Uh, nothing. 
It's like when you see them on the Jeremy Kyle show. I mean, you've seen everything when you watch that show, innit? But I, I agree with you, Rosie May. So we're just going to call you Rosie. Well, my name's Rosie May. No, it's not, dear. It really isn't, I promise you. That's just Chavy Chav Chav spelling. Chavy Chav Chav. So here we go. After Mike's death, not a star. Experts probing the dark side of the show. Anxiety, abuse, fleeting fame, heartache is the least of Love Islanders' woes. And I agree. I agree. There was one here, a couple, Jess and Dom, marry on Good Morning Britain last year. I mean, cheap trash. You know, but if, if they're bright enough to accept the challenge and they go for it, as long as you pad it out for a little bit. And, uh, and then Alex, Alex Beattie did the honours at, uh, at Poundland. She got to open a Poundland. She couldn't be bothered to dress up for it. And then you've got various ones who've got, uh, you know, some sort of cosmetic things. And uh, Georgia plugs weight loss gummies. And then Laura, whoever she is, gets uh, lip and cheek fillers. And then you do the nightclub circuit where you go there and people put their arms around you and they go, yeah, I really love you. They're being paid for it. And, um, you know, you need you need help. 1,600 people every year under the age of 35 take their own lives. Mike was one of them. And that's why The Sun has launched their Let's Talk campaign. If only. If only I thought it worked. If only I thought it would work, but unfortunately I don't think it does. These people bottle it in. They bottle it in. Nobody thinks about it. They go, oh yeah, so you're going out to a nightclub tonight. So they go out, they get a bit drunk. You know, then they suddenly realise there's no money coming in. So when the taxman comes a knocking, they haven't got anything. It's very embarrassing. I don't know what the answer... I really don't know. Excuse me, what the answer is. And I've, I've normally got an answer for most things. I suppose banning the shows would be a good one. Steve, says Paul... 12 Cadbury's creme eggs in a day? Excessive? Asking for a friend. No, no, I'm looking at your, at your picture, Paul. You look like you're already eaten 12. So uh, the answer is yes. Uh, arming foxes is nothing new, Steve. Basil Brush has been shooting back for years. Boom, boom. Well, he's doing pantomime, isn't he? With Kerry Katona and Easter pantomime. Can't think of anything worse, actually. Much as though we adore Basil Brush. Uh, Steve... Uh, on the animal uh, uh, trophy, saw on Facebook picture of an albino giraffe. So rare and cute. Hope he or she stays safe, says Mike from the Wirral. Well, you know, people have their own thoughts, don't they? People have their own thoughts on this one. I personally am not in favour of going out and just killing animals for the sake of killing an animal. You know, I, if, if, it's, if it's in a park and they're doing deer and they're doing, you know, those sort of things which need to be culled for the sake of the herd, well, then fair enough. But that's done by professional people, not some... Pratt who wants to go out there and spend fifty thousand dollars shooting a lion, which couldn't uh, which couldn't help itself. The three schoolgirls, two age fourteen, one thirteen, in school uniform, chucking animals in the air. They were originally posted on Snapchat. Police were called and arrested them before taking them to a police station for questioning. One mum said they deserved to be charged with animal cruelty. I would think throwing a kitten up in the air and letting it hit the ground would absolutely. They're at. Um, uh, all three girls are year nine pupils at Marriott School in Stevenage in Hertfordshire. A spokesman for the school says it does not condone such behaviour but wouldn't comment any further. Well, they probably can't, I shouldn't imagine. But uh, Hertfordshire Police confirmed the girls were arrested on suspicion of causing unnecessary harm. The animals have been handed to the RSPCA. What sort of pond life goes out and does something like that? Why would you want to do that? What's the point of that? All very big and clever, isn't it? Three girls, two of 13... Dreadful. James says, Eau de Farage surely would smell of cigars and disappointment. I don't know. They were doing a picture the other day, weren't they, of all these people on this march? 
It was seriously. I've seen bigger queues at Iceland. I like their or or oh all sorry yes. Not many people all. No, it was, I'm just, I've never seen so few people. Mainly press. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. 19 minutes past five. My friend Christopher, who writes in on a regular basis to this programme, well, as, as regular as we can make him, says, have you tried Dequicane lozenges or Vocal Zone? Should I send some over? No, bless you. Thank you. I've got me, I've got me little bits and pieces. What I'm going to do, and I've discovered the trick is, rest your voice for, a, for a 24 hours and it should be fine. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to rest. All I've got to do today is go to the doctor, get my feet checked out, which isn't going to be particularly brilliant, but there you go. And, and then I can go home, put, put my feet up. And, uh, and then, to, so I ha- we've, we've, we've cancelled the interviews for today. And uh, we didn't have anything tomorrow, so we've cancelled those as well. Because we're, all, we're ahead of ourselves. It's just that we don't want to sort of get behind. You know what I mean? But uh, I'm sure we'll do well. I'm sure we'll do well. Uh, Brooklyn Beckham, a little bit worse than we're turning out to be a bit of an embarrassment, isn't it? It's like when you see his mother staggering out of a bar. You know, three sheets to the wind. But uh, he was seen holding a can of Stella. Um, his first major bust-up as she checked her phone. I mean, I should imagine he's a bit of a liability, isn't he? Can't imagine what his conversation must be like. But he'd sunk a few beers, said somebody, and ended up getting into a row with Hannah. Bit of a, bit of a fool, aren't you, really? But there you go, I'm sure you'll learn. Uh, so, 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 so. A koala bear jumps into the back seat of some bloke's car in Adelaide in Australia. Now, I don't know if you know anything about koala bears, but they're quite dangerous. They're they're not the big, cosy little things you think they are, you know. Try cuddling one of those, you'll never play the guitar again. Uh, Also, um, a grieving family. This is the family where the the funeral overran by 14 seconds. They got fined £200. Clearing the building due to an infirm mourner on a walking stick. Grimsby Crematorium. Old of Grimsby's a crematorium, actually. Bosses were accused of having no humanity. The owner's northeast Lincolnshire says maybe a warning would be more appropriate. Well, I would think so, too. They've just, you know, put somebody in, you know, at the end of their life and you send them a bill for £200. That's a bit mean, isn't it? Surely you can be a little bit nicer. And uh, an Uber passenger was charged almost 70 quid for a cab whilst on the train. Richard Smith had been watching England take on France... In the Six Nations at Twickenham, we ordered a car via the app. When it got stuck in traffic on the way to pick him up, the married dad uh, of one cancelled and bolted for the tube. Later, when Richard was on the train home to Canterbury, he received a message saying he'd been charged £68. Uber has now refunded the charge and apologised. Good. Good. That's how it should be. It's how it should be. I've only ever been in one Uber car. I've never been in, in anything else. I don't know why. I use, you know... Sometimes my, my driver's coming in to go, that's an Uber car. They stop in the middle of the road to find out where they're going. They get uh, <clears throat> very lost, very lost. Uh, so we got, um, what have we got here? Leslie Joseph. She's had a flattering account with the uh, the Pope. Pilgrimage to the road to Rome she's doing. At the moment I'm watching her in, is it Five Go Caravanning? It's a very good program. I might be watching a repeat actually. In fact, I probably am. But it's very good. I like it. It's a fairly simple premise. That you stick Leslie Joseph and a few other celebrities in uh, in camper vans and they drive about over Scotland and you know camp by a lock and things like that, which is lovely. Really, they don't meet Nessie. No, there is no Nessie. Why do you have to jump on every ba- just because you apparently came from Scotland some years ago? Every time we do a Scottish story, you don't need to jump on the bandwagon like you know everybody in Scotland because you're not LBC's official 
Scottish correspondent. In your dreams, Scottish, Scottish culture correspondent. There's a bit of a misnomer. There's a bit of a misnomer. The, the culture in Scotland. Well, you don't need someone like you. You can get your mother to do it. She's probably a lot cheaper, I should imagine. Seeing as she's more experienced, she would know about culture and stuff like that. You're not exactly the person I would hold up. If somebody said, oh, you know, would you hold up Scottish boy as the uh, sort of the tourism officer of culture? The answer is no, I wouldn't. And that's not being, that's not actually being, being horrible to you in any way, shape or form. I'm just telling you the truth. And sometimes the truth hurts. But there you go. John says, have a conversation with Dave O'Brien if you want to rest your voice for 24 hours. <laughs> what are you saying? He talks. He talks a lot. He does talk a lot, actually. He does talk a lot. Uh, how about... Says my friend Christopher, a Steve Allen statue in Leicester Square to rival the one of George Orwell, which is outside the BBC. What a good idea, actually. I quite like the idea. But that that's the old um what's it, isn't it? That's gonna work out no, we, we don't want the night to it. We want we want um uh, an OBE or something like that. Services to broadcasting or Ofcom, whichever comes up first. And then what was the one that they used some years ago? Oh, it was on the Mrs. Merton show. And she was speaking to Mary Whitehouse. Mary Whitehouse was president of the Viewers and Listeners Association. She was the moral bastion. So, in other words, if there was nudity on the stage, she would complain about it. It's disgusting. It's perverted. We don't hear it. And Romans in Britain had all sorts of rudy things which went on. There was also, I think, full frontal nudity on the stage. But uh, she complained bitterly about that. So she goes on Mrs. Merton's show. And Mrs. Merton does that, that great line. Oh, tell me, Mrs. Whitehouse, you know, when you die, would you like a statue put up? And so Mrs. Whitehouse, who falls into it, hook, line and sinker, goes, oh, I would. And she goes, I bet that'll be the first erection you've never complained about. And everybody collapses in laughter. They, ah, gotcha. She didn't appear to have much of, a, much of a, um, a sense of the occasion, Mary Whitehouse, but she was good value on TV shows. Uh, Steve, I would rather smell like David Beckham than Farage, says Dave. Yes, I'd, I'm not sure that David Beckham would smell of anything in particular, apart from desperation. And, um, see, with the way us humans behave at times, I wonder if animals must look at us and think... <coughs> <coughs> Sorry, what the hell are they doing? We're the only living things on the planet that kill because we want to. It's embarrassing, isn't it, really? It is embarrassing. I wish, I wish we didn't want to do it, but there again, I don't understand people going to... You know, people do all sorts of things in this day and age. You know, and you think, why would you want to do that? Uh, Steve, it's not koala bear. says, I suppose, just koala, as it means bear. Um, it's a koala bear. OK, I'm sticking with that one. I don't care. It could be a koala snake or something. Looks the same. It's just a little bit furry. Is my radio distorted or is Steve's voice going? Well, it's, it's good. It's just it's not going as long as we were, we were hoping to. Uh, Dallas says, I lived in Illinois for five years. And I can attest to the fact that the whole of the Midwest and Deep South are obsessed with hunting. Even Walmart stores have big hunting sections with all the camouflage kit and ammo. In hunting season, it's like the teddy bear's picnic. Don't go down to the woods today, or they're liable to take uh, a pot shot of you. Oh, dear. Mm. You get people who do that, though, don't you? I quite like the Americans' version of doing Christmas. I like their version, you know, because they're sort of, they're completely obsessed by the whole thing. Uh, Mark says, I bought my Aventus Creed from House of Fraser. And uh, Jackie says, what about Timothy West and Brunella Scales and the Canals? Yes, that's nice, because she's suffering from dementia, as we know. 
But uh, it's a very touching programme. Very touching. I like I like things like that. Mainly because I worked with Brunella Scales. And uh, and I've seen them on numerous occasions. Numerous occasions. Uh, so, 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 were the 90s the best movies? We'll run through a few a little bit later on. And you might go, oh, yes, I think they are. And uh, Noel Edmonds. I'm a big fan of this one. I love the idea that he could be returning to Saturday Night TV which is good. My friend Christopher says, OK, if you're up for the statue, we need to start crowdfunding it. First stop, we can tap up Dave O'Brien to pay for the plinth. As yesterday, he was banging on about the fact he'd signed a new 10-year contract. Is that what he was saying yesterday? He's such a fibber. He's such a fibber. Is that what he was saying? Honestly. A 10-year contract. They don't want him for 10 years. I'd be very surprised. <laughs> Ten-year contract. What is he saying? What is he saying? Who knows? Uh, Emily Maitlis, named as the new presenter of Newsnight. We thought it was going to be Dave O'Brien, but it wasn't, because they had a new producer in, and he wanted Emily Maitlis over that. And also, married last leg host, Alex Brooker, sent messages to a beautiful personal trainer and met up with her on three occasions. He's married. I know. I mean, it doesn't mean anything. It is possible to be friendly with somebody, you know, without actually having a fling, isn't it? You can actually be, be friends with somebody of the opposite sex without people interpreting it as, you know, you're having a little bit of how's your father. Uh, plus, a British record holder has just missed out uh, to an American in the window-cleaning World Cup. Apparently, it's such an art, window-cleaning, you know, especially when you, you get your thing out and you go backwards and forth. I've watched them doing it on you. I could probably do it myself. And I've got a karcher, which sucks up the soap and all the rest of it. And uh, that was quite good as well. Uh, plus, uh, what was the other one that I quite liked? The bunny. We've done the bunny, haven't we? Britain getting happier. I don't know why we're getting happier. I don't know why. And Lorraine's very good morning. I've got to tell you the ins and outs of that one, because there are lots of implications for people in radio and television. You know, because the HMRC people, however, however nice they are... They want their fair share of money. And so, she, and she said, no, I'm in entertainment. This isn't me. This is what I do for a living. I decide when I come in. I decide what I put on my programme. I decide what hours I work. I don't get a pension. I don't have any, any sort of security. So they've, uh, they've lost. They're not going to like that at all. I wouldn't have thought so. But anyway, 900,000 quid. She apparently earns about three, three million pounds a year. I'm well, surprised she looks happy on the programme. <laughs> Very happy. And the vicar's plea to stop his church bells chiming all night. I don't know why I love church bells. It always reminds me of an Agatha Christie. You know, and, and you can go, hey, it's an Agatha Christie. And a bing bong, bing bong. And then all of a sudden, bong. And they go there and there's somebody hanging from the end of the bell rope, which is not so great. Um, bum, bum, bum. Corbin flouncing out. He got into that line to go and see Theresa May. He's, he's, I mean, seriously, I don't think he knows what he's talking about. I don't think any of them know what they're talking about. I don't single anybody out on this programme. We can't. But uh, she's warned. Uh, this is MPs she's warning. Theresa May says Britain has had enough. I think we'd had enough ages ago. I've, if I hear another programme that people with the, with the ideal answer, I think, as I say, I'll jump off a matchbox. Because it's ridiculous. We seem to be no further in, no further out. We don't know anything at all. Nobody's got the right answers for us. And now Corbyn has a little bit of a queenie fit and turns on his heel and walks away. You'd think he'd want to stay there, but uh, I, don't think he, I don't think he understands it either. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. So uh, the papers are now saying there's a dark side 
a dark side to Love Island and any of these uh, reality shows. And for that, probably Towie and all the rest of it. You know, we had somebody the other day who was dropped. In fact, they dropped about eight people from Towie. The reason being, they were just too dull for words. Although I would, I would go through it and go, let's get rid of all of them. Seriously, I'd, I'd have got rid of, you know, uh, Gemma Collins. I'd have got rid of Chloe Sims. I'd have got rid of, um, who else? Bobby Cole Norris. You know, all the people from, from when it was on originally, because they're not serving any useful purpose. They're just a bit dreary. A bit dreary. So, and of course, the, the new ones that they put in, some of the younger ones, they're getting criticised because they're just a bit young and inexperienced. In fact, they're young and very inexperienced, which isn't really so good, is it? But, uh, you know, eventually people get to like them. Because if you watch somebody enough on television, you might hate them to begin with, but I promise you, you'll like them. You know, because you'll, you'll see something about them. You'll go, oh, I quite like that person. It's be- bearing in mind, the people are real, the situations are made up. So that, that's what you're sort of, you're buying into. Uh, boxer Tony Bello claims an insensitive tweet posted after the suspected suicide of Mike Thalalisist uh, uh, was a hack. He was blasted for the post, and um, this is after the Love Island person was found hanged last week. The post said, heard today that celebrities coming off these shows are getting stressed out. We've got soldiers coming back from the war in this country, suffering from PTSD, living on the streets, get a grip. But he then yesterday claimed the account had been hacked. He said, so waking up to the news that I was hacked. Which is terrible, really, isn't it? And you think, I don't know how people hack. How do people hack? What, they could actually get into your account, send something that purports to have come from you. He says, I've been told to change passwords. Must be very easy. Must be very easy. But uh, anyway, here is... Uh, sorry, wait a minute. Lorraine. Uh, TV presenter Lorraine has escaped a £1.2 million tax bill after a judge described her as an entertainment star who's her own boss. HM Revenue and Customs had claimed the company through which Kelly provides her services is just a front. In 2016, she was hit with an income tax bill for almost £900,000, plus national insurance contributions of more than 300000 But now she's scored a stunning victory after a top tax judge, Jennifer Dean, described her as an honest woman. The dispute hinged on a contract. She signed with ITV in 2012 to present the Daybreak and the range show, she said she did the deal through her service company, Albertel Limited, but HMRC claimed that made her an ITV employee. She insisted she'd been freelance since 1992 because you don't get any benefits. You don't get sick pay. You don't get um, you don't get uh, your pension or anything like that at all. You have to pay for that. So, I mean, she must be delighted. Absolutely delighted. Everybody else in the business going, phew, that's a bit of a relief. Just in case you can, you can go back to that, uh, that same judge. And she could uh, should sort you out. Films, films, films. Uh, the best three movies of the nineties. Best three. Well, I mean, there are so many movies of the nineties, and I mean, whether or not you think these are the best ones, I don't know. Shawshank Redemption, good film, good film. Pretty Woman, good film. Bit bit fantastic, isn't it? But uh, Jurassic Park. That's just three of them. Uh, other ones, The Matrix. Pulp Fiction, Lion King, and one I've never heard of called Ten Things I Hate About You. Do you remember that one? Don't know. Okay. The Brits are in no doubt the best director of the 90s, uh, with Schindler's List, Saving Private Ryan, and Jurassic Park is Steven Spielberg. 
I don't think there's any, any doubt in anybody's mind what a clever, clever man he is. Very clever, you know. Tom Hanks, who worked with Spielberg on Private Ryan, also won two successive Oscars. Best female actor went to Julia Roberts, who produced a star turn in Pretty Woman. So there you go. You probably thought of other films which are probably bigger. But I thought they were good. Jurassic Park was great. Pretty Woman was, as I say, so unbelievable. But we just bought into it. Schindler's List was absolutely a classic film. Absolutely classic. I know Ray Fiennes was in there. Playing a German. Playing a German. But uh, again, you know, nice people. Nice people. But uh, Schindler's List, you know, you would think it runs... You know, but the thing that Spielberg was able to do, he was able to take a story... Um, and then turn it round. And in the case of Schindler's List, because the company still exists, Schindler's still exists, they make lifts. And at the very end of the film, when they'd been through everything, and Oscar Schindler had said, you know, good luck to everybody, and he left, it was seriously one, one of the most touching scenes, you know, with the music, and everything else. And then at the very end of the film, they had this... It was just filmed on a, a hillside. And over the top of the hill came all these people. And they were the original people on Schindler's List. They really existed. These were the real people. They weren't, you know, the people portraying them in the movie. They were the real people. And I remember sitting there blubbing like there was no tomorrow, because these people had been through so much and they went on Schindler's list. And then by that time, Oscar Schindler had died. and uh, But his widow was still going. And so they went back to the cemetery and they all put little little stones on his grave. It was just, just phenomenal. It, sort of, it brought it all home to you. And that's what I like about Steven Spielberg. He thinks about the audience. He thinks about, you know, he thinks about the way that people are going to react to it. And so that's why I thought uh, he's amazing. He would go down as my favourite of all time. I'm trying to think who would be my favourite for the music. Because there's so many other bits of music. John Williams. John Williams. Uh, John Williams. He did. Well, he, he wrote tons of stuff. When, can you get John, John Williams' name up and I would tell you all the stuff he wrote? What a clever man. I think he did Star Wars as well, didn't he? He did Star Wars. And you think, that's clever. I think he also did... Um, oh, I can't remember what it's called now. Film about Indians, Red Indians. So he did, so he did Jaws, Star Wars, Close Encounters of the Third <coughs> Kind, and um, oh god, I mean, he did everything, didn't he? He did everything. His uh, oh god, he's got all sorts of albums out. Wagon Train, Good Lord, oh, that was Stanley Wilson and Johnny Williams, uh, Harry Potter, Superman Four, Number the Grave. Superman 2, Superman 3, Supergirl, Ewoks, Jaws the Revenge, Jurassic Park 3, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, Superman Returns, Harry Potter, Star Wars, Star Wars, Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis, Jaws 3D, Jurassic World, Justice League, Rogue One, A Star Wars Story, Lost in Space and Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom. Good Lord, I mean, that's, that's what he cle- clever. Well, he did, there wasn't very much left. He did it all. What would you talk to him about? What earth, if you got him into the studio, what earth would you say to him? You know, somebody like, you just sort of sit there going, I think you're great. I think you're so great. I would think that would be a two-hour in conversation, even then. Because he just sees it as writing music. And then, you know, it then sort of moves on, but so clever. 
Uh, Steve, I'm sure if you'd asked nicely, Darren would have stayed on another three hours. <laughs> yeah, I think he wouldn't. I think he wouldn't. Don't forget to, uh, forget to mention Mr James O'Brien's Classic Music Hour today, exploring the rise of classical music in the 1960s. Actually, I think I know more about classical music than Mr O'Brien knows, but I'm only guessing. I'm only guessing. I think people who use their children as part of their publicity machine are not making them their priority. It opens the children to scrutiny and mockery and gives them a false and selfish sense of their own importance. Oh, absolutely. Look, you know, there's, there's loads of children like that which don't uh, don't cope very well because they think they're, they're celebrities because when they go out, they get photographed, you know. But to be honest with you, I suppose if, you, if you're one of the Beckham family, you know, where your mother and father are pushing you every five minutes to get pictures in the newspapers, for what it serves, I've got no idea. I prefer to see them going to school. But uh, we don't get that. Uh, 84850, uh, Steve, 10 things I hate about you, apparently, says Daryl, is a modern version of The Taming of the Shrew with Heath Ledger and young Julia Stiles. Worth a watch, quite funny. All right, not sure if it would fit into my thing. Spielberg directed an episode of Columbia. Of Columbia, of Columbo. Yes, he was a big fan, wasn't he, of Columbo? Big fan, says James in Cumbria. See, Cumbria sounds lovely to me. I'm down in London. You know, we don't have the kind of scenery that you've got up there, which is lovely. Uh, Knife crime on the rise, Steve. I go to a self-defence class in Stevenage. Our instructor, Dean shows us how to defend ourselves against knife attacks. When there's no escape, I'm now teaching my kids. I think it's really important that more people should attend classes. Yes, I, I, I tend to agree with you. I really do. Mm. But the troubles, I was watching a thing the other day, and it's on YouTube, and it's... Um, um, I forgot it. I'm so sorry. Um, it's bullies being dealt with at school, out of films, taken out of films, like including The Karate Kid and stuff like that. And... Um, and it's so great when you see the bully pushing these little kids around and then all of a sudden the little kids retaliate. That was really good. That was really... You know, like we all wish we had super, super powers. My friend Christopher says, taking the team out today to 45 German Street for our monthly lunch. Excited, but never been. Sounds delightful. Sounds delightful. I've never been either. Can we get up 45 German Street? Find it once I have a look at the menu. Don't want to make sure they, you know, don't want them going to the wrong place. What who's, oh, you're picking up the bill, aren't you? Of course, you must be. So 45 German Street. And then I could tell you what sort of food is. Oh, look at, oh, in St. James. Just down the road. Oh, that's nice, isn't it? That's very nice. That's very nice. Right, here we go. So they're doing lunch. OK, let's find what we've got. Here we go. God, it's not cheap. Asparagus with hollandaise sauce is 14 quid. They do have caviar. Curried parsnip soup with pomegranate, rater and apple. Welsh rarebit, buck or elegant. Uh, raw Cornish mackerel. The meat, ribeye with Bernays salt, £42. Uh, they've got duck, ox cheek, Szechuan pork belly, king prawn and jasmine tea broth. It's quite posh, isn't it? Are you sure your team are going to appreciate this? Yeah, can he, yeah he's a Scottish boy wants to join the team. Yeah, I think you can probably get a thing there. Mind you, if, if you want a side... Of uh, buttered heritage carrots, that's five pound fifty. I think you could buy a whole field for five pound fifty. Uh, they've got crab salad, fifteen seventy-five, and served from the trolley, blinis, baked new potatoes, and scrambled eggs made made table sides. Good lord! And priced by the gram. Priced by the gram. It's not for you, is it? No, sorry. It's 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 just every. <laughs> <coughs> 
we can't afford... He said, I've just cancelled the table. <laughs> Sorry. Shouldn't laugh. Shouldn't laugh. It's quite expensive. I didn't realise it was so expensive, actually. Don't you think your team would be happier with sort of, like, double double beef burger and chips or something? <laughs> yeah, just take him to Five Guys, says Scottish boy. He's, he's a big fan of... You've not been to Five Guys for ages, have you? No, it's too expensive for you, isn't it? It's ever so expensive. I went with my friend Paul. It was, of course, it's meat, isn't it? You only do meat every third Tuesday. It's, um, no, come on, let's be, be decent about this. And uh, we went there. We were amazed how expensive it was. Seriously expensive for burger, but it was nice. Nice. But I'm uh, very jealous of where my friend Christopher's going. But um, I'm sure you'll have a lovely time. I'm sure you'll have a lovely time. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning. Uh, Nathan in Manchester says, which celebrity would you pick as a stand-in for your show? Now, that would be a difficult question. I mean, I, I promise you that is a difficult question. Because you're, it, it isn't just picking somebody who can sit here and do the show. What you have to think is, are they going to turn people off? In which case, that's then not very good for Nick's show. So what you've got to have is you've got to find somebody who everybody likes. And they've got to have that... I always call it the common touch. I'm quite common. Um, because you you don't want to lose anything. You don't want to lose anything at all. And so that would be, be a difficult one. People have covered for me before in the past, years and years ago. Because, as you know, I don't, I don't generally take holiday. I don't know what to do on a holiday. Seriously, I'm not a person to get home, slip into my Speedos, cover myself with sort of baby oil and lie there toasting. I'm not that sort of person at all. You know, I'm, I'm really not that interested. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day who's over in... Where's he go? Oh, he's gone to Lanzagrotti. And uh, he was on the balcony with his girlfriend and he sort of got his shirt off. He still looks as pale as I do. And um, they were having a nice time, though. They, they're doing one of these. I think it was an all-inclusive, which is, which is actually not bad because you can just sort of eat and drink and everything else. But it's, it's this drinking thing, isn't it, now? I've, modesty forbids me from telling you which sort of person took a load of their, their team out for lunch the other week and got them so wrecked they didn't know what day it was. Which apparently is the indicator nowadays of just how good your life is. Uh, Owen says, I've never seen Schindler's List. Oh, you should see Schindler's List. You should see Schindler's List. Absolutely. Without, uh, without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, Bex says, regarding Schindler's List, there were so many people from over the hill because they also included the descendants. That's what made me cry. He saved future generations. Oh, such a clever film. Such a clever level. But he was, he was clever in everything, wasn't he? Uh, somebody says, try a glass of lemon juice with olive oil for your throat. I do have lemon juice at home. I do have lemon juice. Perhaps I should, uh, I should go for some of that. But unfortunately, it's going to hit the back of my throat like an express train. And it's, it's hurting. You know, it hurts when you drink hot tea. So yesterday I had soup. I just had haddock chowder. Don't know why. <laughs> but it was lovely. Uh, Steve, Il Posto on Vauxhall Bridge Road, Steve. Opposite Wicked. Excellent Italian restaurant. Mention my name, says Donnie. You get a better seat. Oh, they have different seats. Oh, I couldn't go to a place like that. I mean, because I'd be sitting there going, oh, should I sit? It's like being going to the Ivy. There are, actually, the funny thing is, when I think about it, it works everywhere in London and probably out of town as well. If you go to somewhere, they have the good seats and then they have ordinary seats. The good seats are where the whole room can see you and you can see the room. And they try desperately, they're not going to like me for this one, but at Joe Allen's, where I've been eating for... 35, 40 years. Um, <coughs> when they moved restaurants to literally round the corner, they tried to make it so that nobody 
out of their regulars would go, this is the wall we want to sit against. But within a short space of time, like a week, they uh, they actually had had to admit to losing. And so there is now certain, but you go in, you go, I'll sit over there. And that's become the that's become the sort of the celebby bit. Or sort of people who go there quite a lot. You don't have to be a celebrity. You really don't. Uh, on the way home, grab a nice cold banana milkshake from McDee's. They don't do banana milkshakes, Darren, at this time of the morning. They really don't. They, they don't do... No, they don't. I mean, I don't know why they don't do milkshakes at this time. It'd be a lot better, wouldn't it? Uh, 84850, Steve at lbc.co.uk. Paul says, Brexit's a mess. Maybe you and Simon Cowell can sort this country out. Can't be that difficult. Why is it, why is it proving such a problem? You know, awful. Uh, Steve, Thomas Newman must have been the composer for the other half of the good films. I don't know Thomas Newman. I don't know Thomas Newman. Is he is he a well-known person? We shall uh, we shall we shall check him out. That's the do you know that's it did Toy Story. That wasn't the one you got a friend in me. Was that Toy Story? Oh right. Not sure about that actually. I quite like it. They use it in all the films. Toy Story. You got a friend in me. Here we go. Reckless Revenge of the Nerds. Desperately seeking Sue's. Oh, he hasn't done anything I've heard of. Less than zero, Prince of Pennsylvania. No, sorry. No, no, the Lost Boys, Naked Tango, Rapture, Fried, Gr- oh, Fried Green Tomatoes at the Whistle Stop Cafe. I liked a lot, actually. Shawsha- oh, we did Shawshank Redemption. How to make an American quilt phenomenon. Little Women. You like Little Women, don't you? One of your favourite films. You like Little Women. Horse Whisperer with uh, Robert Redford. Mm. And The Green Mile. Is that The Green Mile? Yeah. You ever seen The Green Mile? That's a very good film. Very, very good film. Road to Perdition. You like that? One of your favourite movies, I know. Next to Noddy and Big Ears do, do Dallas, I suppose. Finding Nemo, which was Pixar and Walt Disney. Cinderella Man, Jarhead. Well, he's certainly done a load, hasn't he? I mean, I couldn't deny him that. He did Wally. I never liked Wally, actually. Uh. <coughs> also did Skyfall and the Best Exotic Marigold Hotel. So he's very prolific. Very prolific. Not as much as John Williams, who we think did just about everything that there, there was imaginable. So uh, he did well. Thomas Newman, thank you very much indeed. Uh, Steve, my teenage children think today's horror films are frightening. Until I bought the 1937 Boris Karloff film, The Mummy. They said they've never been so scared. I said the old ones are the best. Thank you, Kevin. Yeah, they are. I don't like horror films. I've been quite frightened by things in the past. Quite frightened. Uh, Steve... Did you see for Schindler's List where they did a tribute show to him and 100 people he saved, all in the audience? Oh, really? Listen, I think he's so clever. Uh, the late, great Terry Wogan. Could have been a stand-in for you. Yes, yes, I think so. You've just said you're a celebrity. No, I keep saying I'm not a celebrity. I'm not, this is where celebrities... I'm, not, I'm a radio presenter. I keep telling people I'm not a celebrity. People might think I'm a celebrity because you turn on the radio and you go, oh, that's Steve Allen, but I promise you I'm not. Yeah, well, I would always turn down anything from pointless to the chase or anything else. They go, oh, um, and your claim to fame is I'm a radio presenter. Not of any interest, really. Manuka honey for the throat actually works. Get rid of the pain, says Caroline. I've got some at home. I forgot to bring it in this morning. I was too busy getting excited about bringing in my new blood testing machine. But, uh, you're naughty. Not putting over your hand over the microphone when you cough. You've passed it on to me, says Monzi. I was hoping that would happen, actually. 
Actually, the funny thing is, when you've got this sort of tickly cough, as anybody who's, who's had it or got it will tell you, you can go so far, then all of a sudden it starts ticking. You think, I'm going to cough. And once you cough the once, you can't just do the one cough, because it kind of perpetually keeps adding. Uh, Shawshank, Monty says, one of the best films ever. I thought it was great, actually. I thought it was really, really good. Really good. Right, what have we got? We've got the news coming up at uh, six o'clock, very shortly. Uh, there is a picture of Theresa May on the front of the Daily Mail. Here she is, last night, telling MPs to end their political games and deliver Brexit. Yep, it's, it's going to be the cock-up of all cock-ups. But just remember, you can vote them out. You can vote them out. Randy Newman did the music for Toy Story, says David. Yeah. You said wrong. Yeah, completely wrong, Newman. Public apology? Yeah, he, he said he's, he's very sorry. Very sorry. Do you know that Emily Maitlis speaks five languages? That's just why O'Brien didn't get the job. I don't think he speaks five languages. Mind you, I don't speak five languages. I wish I did. Uh, also, juvenile Corby, Corbyn snubs the crucial talks because Labour defector was there. Yes, he bumped into Chucker Amuna in the same queue and he decided, well, I'm not going here. So he didn't. And then the police halt the probe on the mother who called a trans woman him. And uh, this is um, Caroline Farrow and Susie Green clashed in a TV debate before the dispute moved on to, to Twitter. And uh, it's just, you know, it doesn't matter. It's somebody's opinion. OK, it's like watch that thing on YouTube and just type it on YouTube. Do you know who I am? OK, and it's a woman and it's very it's very good. It, it cost her a job. It's in America. A car with her daughter in the back seat, not her daughter's car. You remember it? You've seen it. She, uh, she, she got pulled over. She then said, "Mummy, mummy." So mummy turns up, and mummy. I mean, to be honest with you, if you didn't know Betty, you'd think she'd had a few sherbets. But anyway, so mummy starts saying to police officers, "Can you tell me what this is about?" And he went, "No, nothing to do with you. Mind your own business." And then at one point he says, "Madam," he said, and she goes, "Commissioner, commissioner." And then she says, which police force are you from? He said, whatever, Milwaukee's or something like that. She was a right ignoramus. And her daughter, he's, he said, it's nothing to do with you. She said, well, she obviously didn't. <coughs> Had no idea. And so it filmed everything. And then she went, I'm very disappointed in you. I came to your graduation. Of course, they look at her and go, what are you talking about? Also, your daughter, this is not her car. She was a passenger in the back of it. Nothing to do with her. Nothing to do with you. Well, it is to do with me, officer. I'm very disappointed with you, she kept saying. You have to watch it because she's digging herself the biggest hole ever. And because she kept calling herself commissioner, she was the most stupid woman. I've lived in this place for 26 years or 30 years. I'm having to look after these children. You must tell me what it is. No, we're telling you nothing. They followed procedure. And uh, made her look really dumb. Next day, she resigned. It went uh, went viral. The TV stations over there loved it. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. Thursday, 21st of March, which is great. And it's still dark outside. It's still dark, which was very disappointing. I was expecting it because at the end of this month, the clocks are going to go forward. It's very dim out there, isn't it? I was very disappointed. I was hoping to see brilliant sunshine, but obviously not very likely. So the police are halting this probe on the mother who called a trans woman him. And this is uh, a woman called Susie Green and her daughter Jackie. Jackie is trans, but the uh, the other person is called Caroline Farrow. And they had a bit of a spat on the television about, you know, whether this was right, uh, whether it was wrong. Uh, Jackie previously appeared on this morning to discuss her place at the Miss England finals. And we've had various cases in the newspapers, which you've probably read as well, 
about people saying, you know, you shouldn't have. I've heard it from prominent women in the field saying you shouldn't actually have people competing in women's tennis who used to be men. Although I seem to remember that Martina Navratilova's trainer used to be a man and is, uh, is an early sex change. I'm pretty certain. I could be wrong on these things, but I'm pretty certain on that one. Um, and so this uh, this is sort of, you know, a little bit of a problem here. But anyway, they've, I think they've decided to almost not bother with it anymore because it's just the police have got better things to do. You know, it's it's just ridiculous. Um, the more I listen, the more I realise, writes my brother, how similar we are on this basis. If you have any type of throat problem, I use TCP, four parts water, one part TCP, gargle for five to seven minutes. Remember, same DNA. God, honestly. <coughs> it's a pain, whatever it is. It's a pain. Uh, also... Uh, this is the man who's won 71 million. Do you know, it's funny, I mean, I'd, people always say to me, oh, you must be really jealous. What for? What for? I'm delighted he's won 71 million. Judging by the size of it, he won't live to enjoy it all. He's huge. His name's Aid Goodchild. He's been married twice before. He goes for a pub lunch. In fact, actually, all of them are quite big, apart from a couple of daughters by the look of it. And uh, his exes uh, just say we'd like to wish him all the best and a happy life. He lives in a terraced house in Hereford with two... Labradoodles is worth 170 grand. Not with 71 million. He's not going to be staying there for very long, which is good, isn't it? I like the idea, and he said it's going to change me. That's the whole idea. If you win that much money and you're 58 and you're carrying as much weight as he is, get to spend it as soon as possible. The shock might absolutely kill you. You know, I suppose you could get a personal trainer. He thinks he's going to get staff in and, you know, people to give him massages and stuff like that. And he'll, but he's not going to be fooled into sort of taking on a new wife or girlfriend. He says, I'm, I'm well aware of gold diggers. I know, we've had that before. There was one of the lottery winners years and years ago, and he met a mother and daughter, and they fleeced him of all his money. They took all his money. He actually seriously believed they were interested in him, uh, which, was, which was not the case, I'm afraid. Uh, the schoolboy who left the, uh, the Duke of Sussex dumbfounded by saying, when is the real Prince Harry coming? See, can't fool kids. Can't fool kids. Harry was visiting a primary school to help the children plant trees in the garden. That's what you call an... Because apparently, wait for this, Harry is taking two weeks off from his busy schedule because his wife's having a baby. And somebody was saying, two weeks off from what? So all he had to do was go to a school to plant a tree. And that was it. It's odd, isn't it? They're only little children. But, um... They've planted 74,000 trees. He didn't do them yesterday. But they, they go and plant trees. And somebody says, where's the real Prince Harry? He goes, I'm the real Prince Harry. Yeah, right. My mum would know. My mum would know. Uh, Britain's bursting into life again, so we're happier. And we've got flowers everywhere. And we should be sort of, you know, if you're not feeling very well, then join, join the club. Uh, John Barry did as much as John Williams, says Graham. Well, he didn't do as much. He did well. He did very well. And uh, in America, you're fined if you overrun the service in the crematorium and you're fined if the cortege arrives late for the burial at the cemetery, says Mary. Well, I think so too. Vickers don't have enough time to start doing it. Dust to dust, ashes to ashes, gone. That's it. You know, they don't have enough time. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Sounds like pension day at the post office with all the coughing and slurping. Well, you'd know, Lee. You'd know, wouldn't you? Because you spend a lot of time with the... Do, have, I got, have I got any more benefits? Yeah, you would know these sort of things. Uh, you're like a trooper, says Heather, my Norwich nurse. Says you're every boss's dream, turning up like you do. Be careful, though, voice is precious. So rest and talk to no one after Friday morning until Monday. Nurse's orders. 
I shall take it on board. I shall take it on board. And uh, love your show, says Matt in Eastbourne. Thank you. That's all we need to hear. Uh, plus, they met up. They met up. Joan Collins and Linda Gray. Joan, who played Alexis Carrington, and Linda Gray, who is 78, was swellen. Swellen was the drunk of all drunks. She made Ange in EastEnders look like a novice. Swellen was a Persia. Swellen, you're a drunk, he used to say to her. We used to go, yep. But actually, to be honest with you, Joan Collins, for 85, looks absolutely amazing. Seriously, looks amazing. But there again, she's learnt over the years how to really look good. But actually, they both look nice. What they had to talk about, I've got no idea. The creator of Fireman Sam yesterday poured water over claims the children's programme was putting women off joining the fire services. David Jones spoke out after a senior fire officer complained that the show was stereotypical. Can't win, can you? Mr Jones, who was a former firefighter, who invented the character in the 1980s, told The Telegraph it's for children. It wasn't meant to be advertised as a recruiting post. You know, but uh, anyway, people have complained about it. Alex Johnson, the temporary deputy chief fire officer for South Yorkshire and Rescue, blamed a lack of female recruits in how firefighters were portrayed in the media. There were 1,838 women in the fire service, uh, representing just 5.2%. Over 37,500 men. Of course, because what, what do you do with them? Where, where, do you, where do you sort of, you know, put women in the fire service? They're going to have to spend time there. You have to build a separate room. That's why. And they don't get treated very well, I don't think. Uh, Steve, I hate when restaurants try to force you to sit beside their window like an advertisement, using you to entice others into the restaurant. I deliberately sit somewhere else rather than be on view to the passing public. Hmm. The one thing I hate is when you they, you go in and there's two of you. So if I was in there with sort of Scottish boy, not going to happen. Uh, but if I was in there and they go, how many? And you go, two? You know, you feel like saying to I'm sorry, how many do you see? There's two of us. No, there's a coach around the corner. There's another 60 coming in. And they go, right, I'll sit over here. No, I don't want to sit over there. You know, I'd like... that's right. Yeah, would you like a table? But they do that in Marks and Spencer's when you've got all the shopping and they go, would you like a bag? And I go, no, I'll just put it all in my pockets. Stupidest, dumbest questions ever, really. But it's also, they're, they're, they're filling up places. I went to a place for breakfast a short while ago and I said, I want to sit there. That's actually a table for four people. Yeah, and so? I don't want to sit at a little pokey table for two people. I'd rather go somewhere else. But they don't care. They don't care. Uh, Steve, big mistake having your photo in the paper if you won the lottery, says Christine. Oh, he'll be, people will be writing him begging letters. He will get loads and loads of begging letters. That's what it is. You know, people sort of, you want to write to him and go, listen, you've got 71 million. Um, my mother's very ill at the moment. I just need a couple of thousand pounds. People, seriously, will write that. Don't know why. But they do. Sell. Says, I hate women who put their makeup on whilst driving. Well, you get it on the train, you get it everywhere. You get it on the train, you get it on the platform, you get it on, on the bus. He says, on the way to work this morning, a woman crossed three lanes without watching where she was going, ending up in front of me. I had to brake so hard, my razor landed in my cornflakes, which splashed milk all over my newspaper. Da -da 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 -da. What would somebody do the other day? Somebody was telling me something. It was very funny. And I can't remember what it was now. It was, no, it wasn't you. Definitely wasn't you. You've never been funny. You've never been funny. You're not a naturally funny person. Just smiling and looking a bit like an out-of-work Hepworths model, you know, due back in the window any time soon, does not make you funny, I promise you. 
excuse me, Bridget Bardo, and a vicar. A vicar. He wanted to stop his own church bells chiming all night. Why? That whole idea is of a church bell. That's what they're there for. Ridiculous, isn't it? Dyson, a fan and a lamp mimic the outdoors. So, it's... <laughs> thousand quid. Thousand quid. Good grief. Can't afford that one. Imagine I couldn't afford the hairdryer. Hairdryer came in about three or four hundred quid. For a hairdryer, you can get hairdryers much cheaper than that. Katie Price turned up in another... <laughs> excuse me. Ludicrous outfit in court. Uh, but she she goes away again and they're going to do it some sort of black Cossack thing. Whatever it is, she'll have had to have paid for it, as we know. Matthew Broderick is 57 today. Adrian Childs is 52. Adrian Childs was the one who systematically destroyed breakfast television. He was on the one show on the BBC and somebody went, oh, we can put him on breakfast television with Christine. Hi, you. Bleakly. And they put them on there and it was the biggest disaster we've ever had in the history of television. He would sort of sit there going, oh, breakfast. Football, and, and we were going. I'm sorry, he's supposed to be a bit perky in the morning. If you're doing a breakfast show, you're supposed to be. I don't want to sort of lay down the law, but he's supposed to be a little bit. Come on, come on, happy, raise the roof, you know that kind of stuff. Whereas she was all perky and sort of a bit plastic. How are you? How are you? And it was all wonderful. And and Adrian Charles was like the one you felt like going back to sleep again. Producer likes Adrian Charles. Is it because he does football? Is that why? Oh right. That's your criteria, is it, for liking somebody? I do football. Yeah. I do a lot of football. I could do football commentary. Yeah. Does Darren not do football? Ah, uh, poo. Poo to Darren. Who cares? Uh, what else we got? Oh, the papers are full of, uh, of the Demer- uh, emergency committee to send money to the cyclone appeal. It's amazing, isn't it, really? I mean, it's phenomenal. We are amazingly generous in this country, and that would be one of the reasons. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to have your company. Uh, Steve, sounds like you're in need of a cigarette break. Can you imagine if I smoked cigarettes, just how disastrous it would be? And um, somebody says, is your studio getting a medical grade deep clean before Nick comes in? He doesn't use this studio. He doesn't use this studio. This is this is the Steve Allen Memorial Studio. Uh, somebody says, do you think Dale would have been a great stand-in? No. No, he couldn't actually do that. He could do music, but he, he couldn't, do, uh, couldn't do speech. Uh, Steve says, Owen, do you think your voice is going to last the next 45 minutes? Oh, come hell or high water. Of course. The very, the very idea that Scottish boy could have a go is almost... That, that spurs me on. That spurs me on to be better. We couldn't, we couldn't inflict him on people. You know, people would be going, well, who is he? You know, then you'd have to explain who he was. You'd have to explain his politics. You'd have to explain how he doesn't know anything about show business or things like, you know, no, absolutely not. You'd be better off sticking Winnie the Pooh on it. Geraldine says, I went to Marks and Spencer's last night and the cashier said, you need a bag. And I said, no, thanks. I've got my own and produced my little bag. Oh, dear, honestly, you mustn't do that. You mustn't take little bags into Marks and Spencer's. I did it the other day, actually. I had a, a Waitrose bag and did it in Marks and Spencer's. Didn't make any difference. Joan Collins, talking today, 22 rules for a marvellous marriage. OK, so number 22, say I love you. And you must do that as frequently as possible. 21, make future plans together. Number 20, jealousy is a killer. Ooh, don't we know that? 
Number 19, don't compare to others. You know, say, oh, you're just like... so. No, 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 no. Also, 18, remember your special moments. You know, the first time you went to somewhere. Mind you, she's probably been to better places than I have. Don't bottle up your feelings. That's the trouble nowadays. Nobody likes to share their feelings, do they? Uh, pitch in and help out. Do the dishes. Help with the grocery shopping or the DIY. Nothing is beneath either of you. 15, yeah, I always do that. Uh, 15, be punctual. Oh, drives me mad. Drives me mad. Be punctual. 14, think of each other as equal. 13, be intimate. Uh, even if you're not the uh, touchy-feely type. You know, physical contact was natural at the beginning of the relationship, so you have to do it. If, if it does lead to sex, then enjoy the ride. She's over 80. I don't want to think about things like that. I thought when you got to 80, you stopped thinking about the SEX stuff. You know, it's a little bit messy. It's not really... I mean, I imagine it must be even worse the older you get. Number 12, don't dwell on old frame flames. You know, like, oh, I used to go out with so-and-so, so-and-so, and they go, shut up, I don't care. Don't compare me. Uh, number 11, always take their side. Even if your partner is angry with you, you take their side. Accept their family and friends. You might not like them, but you have to accept them. Uh, remember important dates. Like, you know, tomorrow is the anniversary of going to South End. Or going to, you know, going to get fish and chips on the pier at Brighton or something. Number eight, play nice. Look after trivial idiosyncrasies. Never go to sleep on an argument. If you do, it will take, you know, because if you go to sleep angry, you're going to wake up even angrier. It really, it can drive you mad, drive you to distraction. Uh, Treasure little things. So I said to the producer the other day, I said, treasure little things. But he, he couldn't be a celebrity because he's got one of those haircuts. There's not really a lot you can do about it. It's the best. I mean, he, he spent a lot of money on it. And he obviously sort of, you know, it'll, it'll, they always say the same, don't they? They say, don't worry, it'll grow. Thank goodness for that. And it does, yes. And then you have to get it cut again. If you could just sort of stop at a particular growth on your hair and go, right, I'm not going to bother anymore. Uh, respect their opinions. It's always very good. Don't be needy. Oh, I can't do that. Oh, I need that. I need this. And No, no, no. Do it yourself. Accept your differences. Have your own space. And the one thing that she does with uh, Percy is don't rush. In other words, I mean, not as slow as the Spanish, where it's always mañana. It's always tomorrow, isn't it? It's always tomorrow. Uh, should we do this uh, tomorrow? We've, we've managed to do it tomorrow for you. Um, but I think it's quite, I think it's quite a nice idea. It's a very sound, listen, she's got to that long and she's, I mean, she has been married five times, I realise, but I still think she's great. I still think she's great. She's wonderful. I met her once. It was, it, it was like meeting royalty. Biggins in, introduced us at, um, I forget what it was actually, some, some, uh, theatre thing. And he said, oh, Joan, I'd like to meet a very good friend of mine, Steve Allen. And she turned round and for a brief moment I was bathed in this sort of beautiful light, which made me... Most iridescent. It was lovely. Uh, what else we got in the papers today? Hat trick to avoid unwelcome guests. It'll be far too useful, wouldn't it, really? And uh, poor old Brooklyn Beckham. Don't trust him out there with a bevy. He was uh, spotted looking the worst for wear. Very embarrassing, isn't it? Don't they teach them any manners? But after that, he's been allowed to have as many um, tattoos as he wants. He's been out. Now Now you've got Romeo. Romeo's going out with a girly as well. So, And luckily, because she's going to be really, really rich... They kind of think this is a plus point. It's obviously what the whole Beckhams base everything on. You know, not coming from amazingly rich stock. You know, if they meet rich people, that's like, oh, we're like you. No, they're not. No, they're not. Rich people don't have tattoos, I have to tell you. Uh, also, 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 um, Camilla on a tour of the Caribbean. 
uh, was drinking punch. Oh, fantastic. How lovely. Imagine, try a little bit of that. She loved it. She loved it. She went, it's a bit strong. A little bit strong. Uh, my friend Chris says, here in Spain, nothing gets done. If they, they, they know about it. They know about it. It's a case of, oh, we'll, we'll pop back in tomorrow. It's the last you see of them. It's almost as bad here, actually. Almost as bad here. Uh, Steve, um, I went, oh, we've done that, Marks and Spencer's one, haven't we? Let's just clear these off a little bit. Hold on one second. Count count to three. Wait a minute. Once I've moved the, oh, there it is. Somebody says, uh, sorry for laughing, but we just started having a coughing fit. I was talking about Katie Price. She reminded me of Barry Humphrey's character, Les Patterson. Thank you, Paula, very much indeed. Wendy says, I'm into the third week of the grand cough, looking a tad like a bear. So much honey. <laughs> Alan Carr would be the best stand-in for your uh, show, says Cirque. Funny, likeable, great chat, no show business. No, no, definitely not. No, we're not having. I don't want anybody in who might be competition for me. That's far too dangerous. Jackie and Cheshire says, and the middle classes take their waitrose bags to Aldi so the neighbours won't know where they shop. Do you think they do? Do people really do that now? <laughs> I love it. <coughs> How many times has uh, Joan Collins been married, Steve? Five. I think she's been married five times. Which actually is sort of, I mean, she's just obviously waiting to find the right one. And when was the last time she went to Tesco? I don't know, I'm not her stalker. I don't follow people around going, which supermarket are you in? Last Christmas, my husband and I went to a concert at the Barbican of John Williams versus Hans Zimmer's music. It was fabulous. Love all this music for me. John Williams was the best, says Judy. Yes, I would be inclined to agree. I would be. And uh, here's Hugh Edwards. Apparently, he used to be a little bit fuller. He's 57, but he now does three times a week boxing and something called TRX suspension training. I don't even know what that is, but I'm sure it's good. And he claims weather presenter Carol Kirkwood now has a larger post bag. And all oh, she's got to do is wave at some invisible board and go, it's going to be raining today. But uh, talking at the RTS Awards this week, he says the boxing training's going pretty well. He trains with a, a former boxer called Clinton McKenzie, 63. He says people will think I'm going quite mad. No, it's, it's the fact that, that when you came up with the fact that you think you're a gay icon, that's when we thought you'd gone balmy. Barmy bonkers. Somebody, somebody must have told him, must have, they must have said, oh, by the way, you're a gay icon. Can't quite see it, but there you go. HS2 will worsen the divide between North and South. I don't care about HS2. I really don't care. And the girls who said sorry to the charity for raising just £4 from a sale. And uh, two nine-year-old girls wrote to say sorry. They only raised £4 on behalf of a local hospice, despite spending eight hours running a garden sale. Anyway, they've now done it with um, a Just Giving page, so they can raise a little bit more, which is quite sweet, isn't it, really? Here's the picture of the grandmother. This is uh, Annie. She's 104, and she's been arrested. She wanted to be arrested. She's not, not done anything wrong. She just wanted to be arrested. And, um, and so they did. She thought it was a great experience. No, she doesn't end up with a with sort of a, a, a bad mark against her name because it was only pretend, but she loved it. They handcuffed her and everything, took her away in a car. I can recommend somebody around here who could be handcuffed and taken away in a car. You know, be quite nice, wouldn't it? You know, what a nice thing to do. It's not you. It's not you. Why would you think it'd be you? Always about you, isn't it? Always about you. I'm not telling you. It's a secret. No, I'm not telling you during the break. No. It's a, it's a, <coughs> Excuse me. 
That's incorrect. Right. There's <laughs> also... Oh, blimey, honestly. Uh, tougher penalties for those people using the phone at the wheel. Do you know, people are still using the telephone at the wheel. 25 to 34s. They don't care. They really don't care. But the trouble is, just remember, they don't have to stop you. They've just got to get a photo of you holding the phone. Although on YouTube, you've discovered there are all sorts of naughty people in different countries who um, are holding a chocolate bar up to their ear. And then the policeman pulls in and says, can you put the phone down? So and he goes, it's a chocolate bar. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Chantel says, sorry you got such a bad cough, Steve. You sound like a cross between Toad of Toad Hall and Prince Charles. She says, I know you feel OK, but it sounds rough. It, it does sound a bit... The worst thing is, once you start doing the cough bit, you can't do anything about it. You can't... It sort of it perpetuates right pain. Nick Ferrari with you at breakfast at seven this morning on LBC. After the Prime Minister made a short statement to the nation, which incensed MPs, Nick will take your calls, on whether or not you still trust Mrs May. That should be interesting. Plus, he'll bring you the latest on the Alicia McPhail trial, another immigration scandal at the Home Office, and ask, do you agree with Andrea Leadsom? That parents should choose what their kids learn in school. That and more with Nick Ferrari at breakfast from seven this morning, right here on LBC. Uh, yesterday we had a, a bit of a, a bit of a sort of our own little crisis in this building, not at LBC, but over at one of our sister stations, Lucy Horribin, who does the, uh, the breakfast show with uh, with Jamie on Heart, uh, had in Melissa Tatum from Made in Chelsea, and they were talking about um, labelling bikinis and bras and things like that she suggested lucy labeling size 10 bikinis in her swimwear range large could cause offense so melissa has said i'll definitely change the sizing in the future because you know because you you don't want to be large do you mind you, it's even worse for blokes even worse for blokes brooklyn beckham uh looking the worst for wear he doesn't really do anything does he i suppose you know laughing that he's, he's supposed to be studying photography but to be quite honest you know i think it's just a bit of a smoke screen ollie murs said he'll never date a celebrity again. He's only had two. Melanie Sykes and Caroline Flack couldn't have picked two worse ones. He says that he's too private to have his relationship played out in the public eye. It gives him anxiety. So he said he's not going to do it. But he says he's intent on waiting to marry a woman who makes him feel alive. Yes. I love the way he sort of portrays portrays himself as sort of... You know, the oldest virgin in town, which, of course, could not be further from the truth. Wes Nelson vows to give ex-Megan Barton Hansen his undivided attention in a gushing birthday card. I mean, nobody really cares about them. Two boring people, you know, practically finished now, I should imagine. The cheeky kids who quiz Prince Harry and say, when is the real Prince Harry coming? Um, I don't know what he actually said that, but it was very, very sweet. You know, when you get kids, because kids don't care. It doesn't matter to them if they embarrass you or not. So, um, is is your wife eating a baby? You know, you get that kind of thing quite a lot. Uh, also, Pete Wicks. You won't know who he is. He was on Celebs Go Dating. He's neither a celeb or dating because I thought he had a girlfriend. But there you go. So, poor old Pete Wicks uh, has been hedging his bets. He's left people cringing just because he turned up on the programme, I would think. Uh, Gemma Atkinson reveals pregnancy makes her feel like a superwoman. She says she's astounded by her body transformation. You're pregnant. You're pregnant. It means your tummy gets bigger. Bit of a giveaway on that one. Olivia Atwood claims Love Island saved her life and says it's totally ludicrous to blame the show for Mike's death. Yep. <coughs> Can't understand that, actually. Can't understand it, but, I mean, you know, 
I don't know why we're even bothering asking these people for their opinions on, on anything. And Cher, the legendary Cher, is very distressed. She's lost her favourite Eat the Rich tank top she wore for over 30 years. Somebody will find it. They'll hold it to ransom. You watch. They'll hold that to ransom. And uh, Jane says, uh, I'm just listening to you walking my dogs. I look mad. You're so funny. I don't, I don't think I feel very funny this morning, which is a shame. Ennio Morricone, Steve. Must give John Williams a good run for his money. 500-plus film credits, including The Good, The Bad and The Ugly and Once Upon a Time in the West. Yeah, there's only a few. Not as many as some of the other ones. And uh, Michelle in Croydon, back to work today. Been to Australia for a few weeks. Landed back in the UK yesterday afternoon. How lovely. How lovely. Mel B. Jetting off from uh, from LAX. I'm not sure whether or not... This, I think Simon's saving her, isn't he? Or... I think they weren't going to use her, but I think they are now going to use her on America's Got Talent or something like that. Uh, Alex Jones, after the one show. I can't even believe the one show is still running. Seriously, I thought that finished ages ago. Charlotte Crosby set to reunite with former co-stars in Gogglebox style. Spin-off show for that read. Another waste of space on the television. And Jade Goody's friend, Jen, cries as she and the fellow bridesmaids reflect on her bittersweet wedding day ten years ago. They vow to keep her memory alive for her sons. Why are they interfering with that? That's up to do. That's to do with their father, isn't it? Very odd. I mean, if you're going to do it, then put the father on as well. They can sort of say, we're going to look after her sons. They were three and four. They won't know who anybody is. <clears throat> Gemma Collins, showcasing her dancing on ice weight loss. Well, that's just a lie. She never danced on ice. She was pushed onto it and she sat on her fat bottom on the floor. She's uh, modelling two wedding dresses on her clothing boutique's Instagram. Didn't you know it was still going? And the next Downton Abbey could be Belgravia. This is the period drama packed with intrigue. Tamsin Gregg is leading. Can't wait. Can't wait. It sounds like a winner. Sounds like a winner. Matthew says, if you tried TCP for your throat, why do you dislike Caroline Flack? What's it got to do with you? Mind your own business. <laughs> Mind your own business. Nothing to do with you. Why do you recommend TCP? Being paid by them. Outrageous, on it, everything like him. Uh, the California judge who's denied Kevin Spacey's motion to reveal the identity of a 60-something masseur who claims the actor complimented him for his beautiful eyes. Oh, right. It's another one of those cases we're still running through. Uh, also, your face or mine, it's uh, not a very good programme. Catherine Ryan and Jimmy Carr are fine, but, you know, the actual premise is ridiculous. Uh, Scotty T is on it, I know. Scotty who? And Chloe Sims, who's now magically made it to 36. 36. I would have thought she's about 50, but there you go. Still dressing way too young for an old woman. She's had a, a fling with her co-star, Dan Edgar. She's, you know, nearly twice his age. And then she hit the uh, the shops in Brentwood uh, with a photographer. As I say, ridiculous outfit for somebody your age. But there you go. I'm sure you know best. Pete Wicks, going back to work on TOWIE after having been on the... Uh, Celebrities go dating thing. But, of course, we think he had somebody beforehand. And Holly Willabooby. Holly Willabooby is left red-faced as she complains about things popping up whilst discussing, uh, discussing adult films. She does have a very rude sense of humour. In fact, both of them do, actually. And uh, bookies slash the odds on Harry and Meghan welcoming a daughter after a flurry of betting on a baby girl. I don't know, they just need to get her wearing decent clothes. Some of the clothes she's wearing are very old-fashioned. Jensen Button has sold his palatial five-bedroom mansion for £6.2 million. That, in American terms, is cheap. 
Very cheap. You know, it's a very plain place. 6.2 million, that's about five, about 5 million quid. Really not very exciting. And Sam Fahir's pushes Fern McCann out of the way as she gets ready to grapple for Billy's bridal bouquet. Biggest pile of rubbish you've ever seen. Biggest pile, who cares? So one of them gets married, one of them hasn't. And uh, Fern McCann, who nobody seems to like anyway. Uh, Duchess of Cornwall, sipping on passion fruit rum, which sounds gorgeous. Prince Charles is uh, rocking it, giving it some shapes as they continue their Caribbean tour of St Vincent. Is that all this family do? They just go on tours and they go round to different sorts of uh, places. Uh, uh, Interestingly, my brother says Izzy, our cat, also has a cough, that we're having a problem getting her to put her paw over her mouth. (laughs) If only. If only. It'd be so much easier, wouldn't it, really? Cats and uh, paws and things like that. And um, I think my friend David Teague has come back. Uh, Oh, I've just lost him, actually. I don't know where it's gone to. Uh, He says, you know, get better soon. So such such an annoying thing to happen. It really is, especially in my business. You know, if I sort of threw clay pots for a living, life would be an awful lot easier. He said, you sound a lot better than you did at the start of the show. What a trooper. He says, at 4am, you sounded like a male Ina Sharples. (laughs) I'm sure that's a compliment. Probably not, actually. Probably not. Towie newcomers, Kelsey Sapsford and Chloe Brockett, who's glamour. After being slammed by fans, they were spotted out and about in Brentwood. Of course they were. They're the only two dressed like that. One of them looks like Lauren Goodyear. I mean, it couldn't be two of them, could they really? Perhaps they've got the wrong pictures. But, uh, you know, posing. So I'll just hold my fake hair with one hand. Dreadful, honestly. Poor old Brentwood. I feel so sorry for you. Used to be such a nice place till it was dragged down. Amanda Holden showing off her newly renovated kitchen. Well, I'm looking at it going, well, can we see a picture of the kitchen? Well, how much did you pay for it? She's got a spotless country abode, which I thought she would have. Paul McCartney proves he's still every inch the rock god as he puts on a wild show in Chile. He's 76. He loves it. He couldn't do anything else. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Ten to seven is uh, the time. My brother says, as a child, I grew up in a rough area. People would cover me in chocolate and cream, putting a cherry on my head. It was tough in the gatto. Oh, my God. He said, said, well, I laughed. The only one, the only one who laughed. That is the joke of the day. It was a compliment, says David Teague. Well done for carrying on. I didn't think you'd make it through earlier. Actually, it's funny, actually, earlier I thought I would. Nowadays, I'm not too sure what we've got there. Maggie says, I never go to bed on an argument. I will stay up and fight. That's good. That's what they say, isn't it, really? And uh, I recently got involved in clothing. So far, I've seen jackets in all sizes from X... S small to 7XL, says John. Yeah, well, well, everybody's different sizes. I think they go up to 48 in in M&S. Steve, is Gemma Collins modelling both wedding dresses at the same time? Well, she could be. She could. Difficult to tell, isn't it? Because she is, oh, I lost so much weight during Dancing on Ice. You never danced here. You just sat on your bum. On the ice. Not doing anything at all, just waving your arms about. That's not... You just lied. Don't lie about it, please. Steve, I had what you had. Uncontrollable coughing. And I was given some antibiotics. I didn't finish the course, and now it's back again. Although Jenna says, I think you sound rather sexy. <laughs> and Karen says, a month ago I had that throat thing that you've got now. My colleagues at work now call me Marge. 
Is that is in Marge Simpson, do you think? It's only Mar- I can't think of any other Marges. And Nick in Barnstable saw Fisherman's Friends the other day. What a great film. Funny and sad. Very good story. Recommend it to everybody. Yep, we've talked to the stars. I think we might have one coming in uh, again, I think, really. But uh, if you're suffering with a throat thing, it's a pain. It's only a pain, actually, if you have to speak for a living. Because that sort of aggravates it. It's very annoying. I was going to put my fingers in my throat, actually, see if I could feel my nodules. Shouldn't be too difficult. Stacey Solomon has left gobsmacked after her sons announced she never wants to marry Joe Swash. Remember Joe Swash? That's the one who's not working very much and has got somebody else's hair stuck on his head. We can't quite work out what it is, whether it's an ex-toilet brush or whether it's sort of they've teased out a dead hamster. Difficult to tell. And McParkland. I love the way they write these things. They must write them particularly for people who sort of go, oh, wow, he, he treats his girlfriend, Anne-Marie Corbett, just call it Anne, shall we? It's so pretentious, Anne-Marie, to a design a piece of jewellery on a very lavish shopping trip. And so he goes and has a look at uh, in Harrods. And uh, they say here, they were spotted shopping jewellery at the likes of, not actually there, but the likes of Van Cleef and Arpels and Boodles, where apparently a simple gold pendant necklace can set you back £1,350. And you think, are people are supposed to be going, oh, that's an awful lot of money. No, £50,000 on a necklace. £1,350, you tight so-and-so. That's a cheap necklace. Cheap necklace. That's obviously the best she's going to get. Uh, Katie Price turns up. She's not remotely bothered about appearing in court. as She appeared outside and, uh, and said, you must be bored with seeing me. The whole country's bored with seeing you, dear. Really, the sooner it finishes, the better. And Bruno Tonioli. 63, posing in nothing but his Speedos. Why did you put that picture in there? Seriously. (coughs) I think he thinks he looks good in a pair of Speedos. I don't think so. It's very interesting. I mean, mainly it's only the Russians that wear Speedos. They seem to go to, you know, on holiday. Everybody's got black Speedos. But Bruno Tonioli is just a little bit too old for things like that, you know. Whatever it is, needs a blooming good iron. Daily Express, £71 million lottery winner. He says, I haven't suddenly become more attractive. No, you really haven't. Just my wallet has. You're absolutely right. The Prime Minister tells tired Britain, I'm on your side. We're all bored with it, aren't we? I mean, I couldn't be more bored if I tried. I don't know what's going to happen. Nobody knows what's going to happen. I don't think she knows what's going to happen. And so she's in this TV plea to salvage the Brexit deal, and she's told MPs Britain has had enough. Yes, there's going to be a lot of MPs being voted out by their constituents, I suspect, next time round. Uh, also, Corrie's Kath is red hot in Dubai. This is Catherine, attention-seeking Tilsley. Obviously nothing on the horizon, so she's off on holiday again, so you get a picture of her, and I'm thinking, what for? What for? What purpose does that serve? Uh, the lotto winner on the front page, because you would expect him to be on the front page there. He's on the front page of The Sun as well. Plus Kate Mum's firm crisis. This is, <coughs> you know, they have um, what do they call it? Um, it's like a um, um, a birthday kind of thing. You can get balloons and all the rest of it. So they they've laid off people, but I mean only in keeping with probably lots of other people. And uh, they have recorded. I don't know whether they've recorded losses or not, but uh, there's a terrible air of doom and gloom. Somebody said, but that's always the way, isn't it? That sort of keeps it uh, keeps it fresh in people's minds. What they're probably doing is just restructuring. Uh, also, welcome to the British smiles. We're getting happier. You know, despite all the uh, the bickering and uh, all the other bits and pieces, we are the happiest country. We are, you know, and I don't, of course we are. Look at what we've got. 
No government, no government in waiting, no Brexit, no, no nothing. May's deluded defiance on the front of the mirror. You'd expect them to write that. It's not my fault. Arrogant PM refuses to take any responsibility. Well, <coughs> excuse me, I have to point out to the Daily Mirror that it was, um, it was your side of the house, on the left-hand side of the house, Corbyn, who had a bit of a tantrum. Turned round, saw Chucker Amuna there, and turned around not staying here, and then wandered off. Why do you not mention that on the front page? Far more entertaining that uh, Corbyn hasn't got the faintest idea. I don't think anybody's got any idea with this thing. We don't know what's going on, do we? No idea. Uh, the vicar who wants the, uh, the Bell's curfew. And a man been honoured with a blue plaque for an abusive road rage rant. This is Ronnie Pickering yelling four-letter insults at a moped rider and challenging him to a fight because uh, they just did. And it became an internet sensation. And so the alternative heritage plaque put up by the Drunk Animal Creative Studio celebrates <laughs> sorry <coughs> living legends <laughs> it's about as good as it gets uh, the Times keeping up with the Kushners wait a minute uh, and also voters back by Brexit plan May warns MPs dementia rates on the decline as smokers quit well that's good about the first bit of decent news we've heard in ages rates of dementia have fallen by 15% a decade over the last 30 years, according to research. Good for you lot. Good for you. Very difficult to give up smoking. Very, very difficult. But if, if you have managed it, well then, congratulations. Daily Mirror, Michael Jackson. Will his ex-fixer reveal more secrets? I don't think there are any more secrets, are they? I think they're just people sitting there making stories up. Uh, also, police question second woman in trans row. And the truancy behind the rise in knife attacks. Guardian this morning... May, don't blame me for Brexit crisis. Blame the MPs, yes. And also, can cauliflower replace carbs? Zoe Williams finds out. They do all sorts of things with cauliflower now. They sort of grate it up. You get cauliflower rice. I've never tried it, but it sounds absolutely fantastic. And the I, Brexit blame game. Uh, also, Rafe Fines on directing the Nerea film. I'm a bit of an idiot, he said, who gets in the way. We're going to be talking about that this week for In Conversation as Ray Fiennes joins me live in the studio. And will the £71 million lottery win change me? Um, the man who is now got £71 million are going, of course it will. And, uh, and he should. It's the whole idea, isn't it? Enjoy the money. But uh, make sure you lose a lot of weight first. Do you want to be the richest corpse in the cemetery? In which case, make sure you've done a will to remind people of these things, don't you, nowadays? That's just about it for this morning. And uh, Tamar from Tilbury said, I just broke the rules on my commute and laughed out loud on the train. The Gatto joke. People want to see what I'm listening to now. I think there should be a thing that all of a sudden it's projected onto the carriage of the train. It goes, the Steve Allen show on LBC. Although actually this, this show is not representative of, uh, of the Steve Allen show. We've normally got a much better sounding voice. It's just that when you've got a tickly cough, and it is a tickly cough, you've got to, so I'm going to rest for the rest of the day. And uh, I'll be back with you tomorrow morning, which is good news. So uh, do follow my, uh, my advice and download the programme. Just remember the little bit extra not available today. Otherwise, we wouldn't have had any voice to start the programme with. But I'm hoping it'll be back uh, tomorrow due to the tickly throat. But uh, very shortly, you can listen back to this and other LBC programmes, as well as a range of podcasts on the LBC app and on the Global Player app too. 10 o'clock, Coughing Cure Hour with uh, Mr O'Brien, but right now with breakfast on LBC, Nick Ferrari. 
If you enjoyed this podcast, listen to Steve Allen live from 4am Monday to Friday and Sunday from 5am.